prequels, augmented reality, and the dark side. Check out their Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker dark side headphones and new Star Wars app for an exclusive and immersive AR audio experience. Visit Bose.com slash Rebel Force to learn more. Did you hear that? A small Rebel Force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, well, Skywalker Rises in Ohio is going to be about what you think, but this episode is going to be about what we think. Of course, not just us, but uh, all of you in our hotel room. We got a live studio audience. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're fresh. I mean, just hours from uh, wrapping up, seeing the rise of Skywalker for the very first time. And as tradition has it, we're going to kind of just spew it out. We're going to talk it out. This we got to talk this. We out. have to talk this they one. They laid out, a lot on us. There was no downtime in this. It was movie. very intense. So I think the best way we can go about doing this is try to piece together the movie as mm-hmm. we can recall it, and we'll re, you know we'll also rely on our our outside sources here that are actually inside the hotel room with us right now. Uh, you guys will be our lifelines. Yeah, that's right. So, we got to tag you in. In case we forget something. We have uh, lots of friends of the show that have joined us tonight, and uh, we'll introduce them as they come to the microphone. So in order to uh, earn, you have to earn an introduction. In other words, you have to Ah, contribute to the show before you get revealed. So we have a a head count here of about seven, nine, including Swank and myself here inside this uh, beautiful hotel suite overlooking downtown Cleveland and the Playhouse Square Theater, and of course, the iconic giant chandelier it's gorgeous, that welcomes it? people to downtown Cleveland. So Beautiful. we're so back. Opulent. We're back. We haven't been here since Solo in Ohio, and uh, looking forward to Skywalker Rises in Ohio, and that'll be happening Friday night this week, opening night, uh, op- you know, opening day, I should yep. say. Tonight yeah. was opening night for right. the Rise opening of Skywalker. Day. We were there. At the first screening, the 6 p.m. screening here. And uh, so I, I think that makes us among the regular, the first of the regular rubes to actually see the film in its entirety. And so let's just try to walk our way through it as it happened and just immediate thoughts upon reliving the scenes as they unfolded. Should I start the with film. the opening credits? Well, the crawl. Well, no, before the crawl, because uh, I thought. Naively, I'm sure that with the acquisition of 20th Century Fox, that we would have access to the fanfare. No, no, not at all. Why not? not? All. Don't act so smug like well, you knew because, this all along. Well, it's not distributed. This could have gone either way. Okay, Disney acquired 20th Century yes. Fox earlier this year, but this film was never set to be distributed by 20th Century Fox. It was always slated to be distributed by the Walt Disney Studios, and that's yeah. who. Obviously, release. Am, I, I, I Am I alone that I would have liked to have seen the 20th well, century no, I, you or know, heard I the fanfare? It was actually something I thought about as I was driving out here today. Mm-hmm. 
I was actually considering that, but I didn't see it being a possibility. Okay. Because this film was never slated to be distributed by 20th Century Fox. I don't think it matters to the corporate heads at Disney, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's why. part of the soundtrack. I wasn't expecting it. I really think of it as part of the soundtrack for Star Wars. Well, really of course. Do. Of course. Um, all right, fine. Agree with you. So what about the uh, the lack of the, you know, that little uh, animation that they have at the beginning of the Mandalorian series where they show all but that's of the for different... television. That's for the streaming series. I think that is going to Says be. Says who? I think that is something that's just going to be a pre-roll for. Wait a minute, hold on. We have the, someone knocking on our door series. here. Has someone arrived? Oh, my God. It's J.J. Abrams. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, he's the loud one right We've there. We've been told yeah. to oh, keep all right. Very good. down. Thank you. And the show has just started. Thank you. J.J. Abrams just barged into the <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, let's, all not, right. let's not test them. All right. Chris Amram. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, we're just using our normal voices here. No, no. I, we might be projecting a little bit, so we oh. have to stop doing that. All right, fine. All right. But, so I'm going to get over the fact that there was no uh, fanfare and that there was no Lucas – this, this new Lucasfilm little animation right, thing right. that they got. But, but who said that, that that is just for the television series? Uh, nobody, but I think that that is the case. It's not anything we've seen in front of any of the films. And there's been five of them released under the Disney banner. So if they had intended to play something like that in front of their films, they probably would have done that with The Force Awakens and not here in the mm. fifth film, The Rise of Skywalker. Well, that's unfortunate. I don't think so. And I, it, you know, I mean, I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. So Yeah, well, now you're thinking about nothing it. Nothing to affect my... Uh, Film enjoyment. All right. Or so let, let's skip to the crawl. The dead speak. The dead speak. So that would be, of course, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. So the crawl tells us that there is a mysterious broadcast. And that's the word that they used. Right. Broadcast mm-hmm. of the voice of the dead emperor that has been transmitted throughout the galaxy. Well, thank God it, they didn't say podcast, because then I think they would be sending a message. Clearly they all, <laughs> you know, the dead speak. Yeah. yeah. So you better. Yeah, We're but not no. dead yet. No, no, not even close. So, uh, yeah. So mysterious broadcast by the emperor. Yeah. He's uh, so he's talking. He was threatening the, the galaxy unless they paid up for one million dollars. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But yeah, so that um, you know painted a picture right away. They mm-hmm. didn't. There was nothing coy about the return of Emperor Palpatine. It wasn't right. you know some sort of right out of the gate fruit. It was just yeah, it was mm-hmm. part of the fabric of this film, which I was really glad about. The, the last thing that I wanted was this character be relegated to some cameo, some cheap silly cameo, right? Or that you know the way the trailer this 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 last TV spot, one of the last TV spots that they aired, made me think that okay maybe. When when the, when the when he's talking about I'm every voice you ever heard, I thought, okay, well maybe uh, Palpatine isn't the big bad. Maybe it is. It's the dark side of the Force itself that that uh, they're going to be pitted up against. Mm-hmm. But I was I was actually relieved that it was from the beginning to the end, right. just Palpatine. Though he is speaking as you know on behalf of all of his. Uh, Sith that came before him. Well, you know, in the first ten minutes of the film, it seemed like it was a lot of stuff we'd already seen in trailers and TV spots. A lot of that was uh, you know. repetitious, 
Which makes sense. The stuff that they would expose to us early on is the stuff that happens early on in the film. Yeah. Is not to reveal any spoilers or what have you. But they, you know, the crawl ends with setting the uh, stage for that it's really, uh, you know, Kylo's going to do whatever he can to uh, maintain his power, his ascendancy to power. And if that means stifling this, uh, you know, broadcast or this message, this growing presence of Palpatine throughout the galaxy, he's going to do that. So he really goes out there to track down the source of this broadcast so that he can nip it in the bud yes. and maintain his ascendancy to power. Um, but a deal is struck, essentially. Right, right. Well, Palpatine had revealed to Kylo that he had been pulling the strings on the entire situation, just as was the case with the prequel trilogy, where Palpatine was manipulating everything and turning both sides against each other, both ends against the middle. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And, me. and so when we see Palpatine, uh, I think you kind of dubbed him Zombie Palpatine. Zombie Palps. Yeah. So he goes from being a phantom <sighs> nine films ago to a zombie. Yes. Right. But, but, the, but he is the thread that's pulling this whole Skywalker saga through. Yes. He's yeah. at the very beginning. And he's at the very, very end. Right. With this. He, he, he outlives the Skywalkers. He's really. He's the ultimate puppet master. Right. Right. And the Skywalkers themselves are, that's the force, that's a counter reaction to the growing darkness that Palpatine represents. Right. The Skywalkers are the opposite of that. You know, darkness rises, light to meet it, etc. Mm-hmm. But what nobody saw coming was that the the um, the uh, offspring of Palpatine would then produce his eventual downfall, you know? Right. So um, that's, you know, I, I'm jumping way ahead, of course, but, you know. Um, but the deal is struck between Palpatine and, and Kylo, Kylo. That Palpatine says, bring me the girl. But Kylo, of course, never intends to serve Palpatine. He bring, he believes if he brings Ray to Palpatine together they'll kill him. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um something else that we uh, we left out is and and Sheldon and I were or I think it was Sheldon and I were kind of remarking about there it was like there was a, a checklist that JJ Abrams had that said, okay, these are the things we're going to answer. And they answered them very quickly. Uh so number one, who is Snoke? Well Snoke is Literally, yes, a puppet of Palpatine, like a he, drone, like a Palpatine drone, a Palpatine drone. You see in the in the in the back to tanks or whatever. Yeah. You you actually see, you know, in the drums. He's got like several uh, Snoke heads yes. and torsos. Yes, he's you like know. Star Wars collectors, <laughs> where we have you know we have loose figures and then we have figures that are carded, right? And so he keeps you know that's how he does it. He's he customizes his own yeah. so like action this, figures, actually. So this Snoke always looked like this. Like, he wasn't some injured guy. Like, first of all, if you're a Palpatine and you're going to make, like, a, a, you're going to create, like, a, a, a fake human being, like, that's that's what you do? Well, it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Like he, like he could have made someone a little less conspicuous looking. Like he, <laughs> it's the best he could do. Uh, he's <laughs> listen. He's not very artistically inclined. I guess not. he just, you know, he I has good not. ideas, but he's very poor with the execution. I hear that. All right. So we see the uh, the, the the pieces and parts of Snoke in the uh, in the back to tanks, and then we've got this deal to destruct between Kylo and Palpatine. Kylo's going to bring the girl to Palpatine and that Palpatine is going to bequeath this final order, right? We've had the Empire, the First Order, uh, Order 66, and now the final order yes. is uh, this this fleet that has been hanging out that is that is actually populated and commanded by, what are we calling them, acolytes? Well, that's what Dark I call side them. acolytes. So the, the, that's the what I call them. And I think though their their ranks swelled once that broadcast went out across the galaxy. Mm. I think people didn't, you know, they bought their cloaks and signed up, and they went out there and they were they went out the there. Cloaks. Yeah, they were told it was a party of the lifetime. <laughs> and <clears> so in that they big went Sith out there. stadium. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I got to see this. <laughs> it was like you know, the, it was the the. Um, the MetLife Excal, I think, was the name of the planet. It would, they actually sold yeah. corporate naming rights to the planet itself. So, so Kylo goes off. He's going to track down the scavenger, the girl. So he's, yes. he's out he's, there. He's been sent on a mission now. Right. Now, Which is what I like how these dominoes fall in this film is that it's very clear cut. It take, one, one thing takes you to another, and that's oh. George Lucas um, tendency. This this film characters one lead you to another to another, and then the story all kind this of. This film unfolds. is like dominoes. I mean, yes. of, I mean that first domino falls with the crawl, and then bum 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 bum. It never stops. Right. I didn't feel like there was really a moment to catch my breath in this movie, really at all. So because I was afraid if I relaxed, I was going to miss something important. Right. Right. There were no bathroom breaks happening. None. But you did say to me that you slept during the middle part of it. I, I couldn't believe the it. movie was over, and I go, "Oh, what happened? I've been asleep since." <laughs> <laughs> impossible, right? That's yeah, impossible. I missed everything after the crawl. Yes. All that's right. So not true, though. No, that it's you, not you at all. Away. I was I was wide eyed. Uh, so uh, Kylo's off. Flash to Ray. Yes. Ray is training. Yes. Yes. But, she no. Is. Actually, we, we, we meet we see Poe and Finn. Uh, Poe and don't Finn, we? they're on a mission, right? And they're out to acquire. Or their honeymoon, I don't know which. What are they out to acquire from a start? A what? Oh, the spy! Oh, the spy. Yeah, right, the spy. Ah, that, that funny yes. looking alien. Thank now, you. I like Cleveland to, Chris with the Cleveland uh, Chris. What was that? What, does anybody know the alien or the? I don't know his name, but we saw him in those like he's got those horns. He, yeah, he, I don't know who he is, but yeah, he uh, very prominent in those early leaks of those you know those old costume leaks. Right. right? Oh, he's only on screen that's for, true. I don't know. I mean, we saw a severed head, so that was probably the most screen time this character got. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he he was giving them like a data up link in R2 for that first order spy. Yeah, I don't know anything else beyond that. He was feeding them that information. Yeah. Where they learned then that the Sith army existed yeah. and was going to strike them, or I should say Sith Navy, mm-hmm. and that they were going to strike all these different star systems. Yeah, that these all of these uh, star destroyers, all of these ships had planet-killing technology. Right, but they didn't learn that, I think, until they actually that was saw later. it. That, that was later. That was later. They didn't get that as part of the intel, but they knew something big was coming down, and it was the big mother of all mothers. By the way, is there a character in these movies that 
Uh, Finn has not screamed their name at Kidster. some point. Kidster was not. Oh, yeah. I've not heard Finn Ray! yell. He yells at he yells at it a lot. He's oh, be careful, or JJ Abrams is going to come back over here and I tell know, us to keep it down. Abrams, so yeah, you better watch. But he's, but he's screaming. He's screaming everybody's name. Yes, uh, yes, he does do that. Very, very dramatic. He goes, "Woo!" You know, things yeah, like yeah, that. a lot of that stuff. We yeah. got a, we got a lot of um, yeah. spirit. A from, lot, a, yeah. From, he, a to lot me, of um, Finn represents a lot of the spirit, especially the the two JJ Abrams. Entries for and, sure, and I really, really liked him a lot in this. this right. I don't know what character was he board. was playing in Episode Eight, but he was definitely playing Finn again in Episode Nine. Well, can can I uh, jump ahead to something that wasn't exactly clearly addressed, but it certainly was strongly hinted at? Was that Finn actually has some latent Force abilities himself, and they were displayed a couple times throughout the film. Yes, he, especially he, him being able to sense Ray and the Force. All right, and uh, yeah. earlier on they. I, I yeah, but in the Rose last movie, he needed a tracker. What's that? In the last movie, he was he needed a tracker in order to know where Ray was. The whole idea, well, yes, was that he wanted to get that 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 tracker as far away from the fleet as possible because he knew that they were on a uh, you know dead end collision course with fate. They were going to they were going to be wiped out, and he wanted Ray to be as far away from that as possible. So he didn't want her to be. You know, drawn back. Yeah, but that wasn't in this film. He was actually sensing her through the force. Yeah, I know. Big difference, right? Huge, huge. Yeah. So yeah. that's um, well, kind of a total rewrite, wouldn't you say? Well, um, no. I mean, because Leia had emerging force um, skills in the mm-hmm. original trilogy. So with uh, Finn kind of revealing that, it, it sort of mirrors that. You know, it's part of that whole ring theory thing that comes into play when you think about how the trilogies. That's, really well, that's really well done. I think yeah, so. That, that's, well, that's well done. At least my explanation. Yeah, your explanation. You know, it's yeah. my headcanon, but I mean, that's just how I interpreted yeah, it after yeah. watching the movie the, for the first time. You deliver time, it, so. though, like it was all done on purpose, your own headcanon, you see. Well, yeah. I mean, it fits. The, the right pieces are fitting into the right places. And so that's yeah. what I think is a virtue of this particular film. Yeah. And, you know, part of the thing that I like about it right. is that it felt like a Star Wars movie. Right. In a, in a very massive way, it felt like it, it hit me in the feels many oh, times. Oh, I know. You're just blubbering. Jimmy <laughs> Mac, the whole, the whole time. There were choice moments, about should eight we, of them. Should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you outed yourself. I'm not outing you. Um, you know, we, we, we've both spent uh, a, a quite a bit of time on shows recently, to sort of, well, for lack of a better word, judging those that cry during a, yes, a Star Wars movie. Yes. And, uh, you yourself said that you've been emotional during yes. Star Wars films, but never really openly wept. Right. Though you did shed a tear for Iron Man in the last Avengers movie. That's what led me to believe that there could be waterworks for episode nine. And there were. And there were. Yeah. There truly were. Yes. Right. I was hit in the Not like Jody to my left. Jody was times. an absolute disaster. She was the just whole a time. puddle of She really was. There. Yeah. I mean, she was she just was a puddle with eyeballs on the, on the floor. But I'm happy and relieved. And it's just a byproduct of the intense experience that I felt watching this film. Okay. So we, we meet Poe and Finn and then we flash to Ray. They're, they're like, where's Ray? Yes. Ray's never around when we need her. Yeah, because she's training. Training for what? Poe's yeah. a skeptic, much like he's filling the role of Han Solo. Now. Yeah, he is. But did anybody here also pick up or, or, or think you were picking up on a little bit of romance between Ray and Poe? 
kind of like the, the the Han Leia, you know, I hate you, I love you kind of thing. I there's Rich Brendel. Why don't you come over here? Can you or is that hard for you to here? You got a cool shirt. He can walk. He can walk. It's a miracle. There was definitely, I think, more chemistry at the end of The Last Jedi with them. Um, I mean, there was a little bit of They had one line together. I know, but that, it was a powerful line. I'm Ray. Um, there Poe. was eye contact. And there, there was like eye she contact. talked to like, me, man. He was like, <laughs> check out this sweet thing. You know, yeah. that's what. That, you can see that in his eyes. Okay. Poe's eyes went. And yeah. She was like, hey, you're pretty handsome, too. And you could see that. And, <laughs> In her eyes. Okay. That's what I got from it. All right. In your eyes. Which is a uh, harmless or harmless. Um, but, a harmless but, romantic. I, but I, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm with you. Oh, we got the two Wisconsin Oh, they're hugging guys. now. Okay. They're hugging it out. So um, he's, he's not from... Chris is, is not Chris from, from... He's from Minnesota, not Wisconsin. Oh, sorry, Minnesota. <laughs> Sing there. Right there. Somebody from Minnesota with the Vikings? Yeah. All right, all right, we're not getting into NFL rivalries here when we're reviewing episode nine for the first time, okay? All right. So, um, but good point. My mom felt there was chemistry between Ray and. Mama and she, Matt yeah, picked up on this. Yeah, she said, well, I think she kind of likes that guy from the end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you might be picking up on something. Which Papa but. Mac might be a little bit jealous because he was a big Poe fan as well. My dad After did like Poe. Yes. He was he, into that. He was very fond of Poe. I like yeah. that. The, the Poe guy. I don't know. You know my He's dad, kind of a man's man. My dad. I couldn't get him to sit through all of The Last Jedi. He walked he, out on Last he Jedi, walked basically. Out. And I said, uh, I said, so Dan, you know, he, he came back then for the end. But I said, so what'd yeah. you think? He goes, well, you like it, Jimmy. And then he, he kind of like tossed <laughs> my hair and walked out. I like it if you like it, son. But All it's right. kind of interesting. That was near the end of my, right after that, the luster started to wear off of The Last Jedi for me to a degree. But I don't want to dwell no. on that here while we're doing episode I just wanted stuff. to point out that the way they were writing the dialogue between Finn, Ray, and Poe, is it felt like there was some sort of love triangle going on. Oh. There was jealousy. Yeah, there was jealousy. There was tension. I didn't oh, feel wait that. a minute. Okay. Chris Amram Chris Amram says no. no. You don't think that? Why, then why were they arguing all the time about her? Just because you can admire someone doesn't mean you desire someone. Oh, thanks. I mean, they're trying to build this whole thing about I'm taking a last look at my friends. You said they didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. They're trying to build it. We don't have much time to build it when you're in the last movie of the saga. Right. 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 And, and that's something okay. the trilogy suffers from oh, is thanks, Chris. Um, trying to fit in maybe too much of that chemistry toward the end. But I, I think there was ample amounts of that happening in episode nine to fulfill maybe some opportunities that were missed in prior installments of this trilogy. I think, um, you know, it did a lot to fulfill the promise of the sequel trilogy on a whole in the way that it rolled out the relationships between what we call the new big three, right? Yeah, I don't know. The, I, yeah. I, I, I agree, but I, okay, so yeah, you're going to try to put this pithy dialogue together in order to sort of convey that there's some familiarity with these characters and all of that. Which, it didn't get too bad, though. Which, by the way... It didn't get too snarky or I, anything like that. I, I've come to the like conclusion that... 
one of the biggest challenges that The Last Jedi had was the fact that it took place immediately after The Force Awakens. Yeah. So we didn't even have the, uh, you know, the ability to kind of create in our own minds some uh, connection between these characters, some deepening of their relationships at all. It was pretty much, you know, it was almost like really two movies when you think about it. There was The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. They were all one continuous yeah. Sort of moment in time, and then there is what we just saw: the rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. um, I still think that the way that they were writing the three of them together, uh, yes, it was definitely to imply that they were sort of a trio. But there was also some intent in the way that they were writing it as well, which I think created all this kind of a ten uh, 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 of tension. I think they both had eyes for for Ray. I really do. I, I don't. I don't see how you could not interpret it that way. They but were, it didn't jealous. matter in the end. None of that mattered. None in of the it end. matters in the end. Absolutely. Um, but um, uh, um, so we didn't see uh, much of that big um, phallic creature, Claude. We didn't see much of him. He was just very. He was at the very beginning. Why was he even necessary? He was just there to have a weird alien presence on board the Falcon, and that's what Chewie's for. <laughs> Chewie's oh, yeah. not Sheldon. weird anymore by episode oh, that, that's nine. That's true. He's very Sheldon's got a theory. Sheldon, theory. what's up, Sheldon? It's like ring theory. <clears throat> I think that um, because he's in the poster, number one, he's in that original. And Wait he, a minute, the poster. That's like the there. tail wagging the dog, isn't it? Well, he's in the no, poster, so we got to put him in the movie. He's he's the Ricolay of um, <laughs> of the Last Jedi. I have I I think because also the way he appears in that scene, it's like oh, that's a somebody. Right, like oh, he's yeah. relevant. They they give he's him like, weight. He's clearly relevant. So he's I think part what of the happened crew. is I think that character was transferred uh, to another character, and he, they just he, he got dropped. Yeah, because why was he in the poster? Well, why was he appear in, the in some uh, deleted sequences or something? But um, Captain Zuvio, do we? Uh, Captain Zuvio, yeah. There's a guy who got cut. Yeah, you know. Um, but I'm uh, surprised Hasbro doesn't have just. Racks and racks of action figures of this 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 Millennium Falcon slug creature they don't that have... was on there. What was his name? Sluggo? Cla Claude? 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 Yes. That's a terrible name for a Star Wars character. A U Claude D. Was that voiced by Jeff Garland? Who was the Jeff Garland character? I totally did anybody forgot. spot Jeff Garland? I didn't spot. Did anybody Jeff hear Jeff Garland? What about Kevin Smith? We were told there would be Kevin Smith cameo. Or no, JJ said he may or may not. Wait a minute. Who? I think that's now, just but JJ. the Jeff Garland thing is bugging me because Garland, I thought, had dialogue. Well, Jeff said he even got scanned for an action figure and stuff. So, oh, maybe that is. All right, Sheldon's on it. He's googling this. Oh, I, I oh, oh. He's, he's not googling. He's. Oh, I don't know who Jeff Garland is. He's ordering beer. <laughs> okay. So cut to Ray, and she's in training. Who's she in training with? Leia. Yes. Right? But that's great because then it explains how Ray has been able to learn new force disciplines over the course of the last year, which she clearly starts displaying mm -hmm. left and right. I mean, she has all of the force abilities, even to the point to where she can pull a ship from leaving the atmosphere and start pulling it down. Yes, she can. But also Kylo 
demonstrated those same abilities. Kylo could too. counter her. Now, here's the question about that scene is, so we have Ray who's trying to prevent the ship from, from leaving orbit, and you have Kylo that's trying to prevent Ray from doing that. Is he exerting power or pressure on the ship or on her? Good Cause question. Because I, I feel like that's a pretty... Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. That, that Profundity could be... coming from uh, Chris Amram yes. over here. Nice. Well done. Yes. But I you. think that, Point of you view. know, um, multiple views might shine better light on that. Or it's just something that, you know, yeah. you can just think about. So and Ray's running around the forest. So she's training. And she's, she's she's floating rocks. She's, oh, that that's was a, a big great thing. intro. Yeah. Great intro. She's crisscross applesauce. Um, what? Levitating. Le- yeah, levitating with the rocks around her. And that was, as Chris is pointing out here, that was what was we were supposed to see at the end of The Force Awakens. We were supposed to see Luke on Act 2 surrounded yeah. by floating rocks. So here's another example of J.J. Abrams just giving the middle finger to Ryan Johnson, oh, well. uh, the first of many. But, I mean, it's a good idea. J.J. had a mental image of what that would look like. And having a second chance to make a Star Wars movie, he obviously yeah, he went back that, to he, the well to where, you know, he his wanted that well, image in there. He wanted it in there. That's right. not, you know, George Lucas would often shelve ideas until he would find an opportunity to incorporate yeah. them into a future, future film. So. You know, and it's not too soon into this scene that we actually see uh, Ray and and uh, Kylo Ren doing that that what do they call that 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 force uh, force time force time force time. So the force time now that is a big element of the J- of, of Episode Eight that they maintain in Episode yep. Nine. In fact, a lot of the action, most of the action between. Kylo and Ray happens in this force time. It does. Um, to the to the extent that Kylo is actually able to rip a necklace off mm. of Ray and pull it into his reality mm-hmm. as they're 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 meeting together. And and I you know, I think Ryan Johnson even said that some of those scenes were just put in there for expediency. It it, it was really about just being able it was a shortcut. Mm. It was a shortcut to get them in scenes together. So um, in this case, I, I'm curious as to whether that was really – is that someone snoring? What, what, was, what was that? Were you, what are you snorting over there? Was that, are you protesting? <laughs> Why? That's a lazy excuse. Well, I agree oh, it's a lazy excuse. he's protesting. Okay. Okay, I agree with now, that. Now, see, as the two guys sitting here talking in the microphones, we were personally thinking that you were saying our conversation is boring. Oh, that's so you have to understand how sensitive we are as performers here, especially with such a limited audience. Okay, we by can limited, get, we mean we IQ. can become affected by things that happen amongst us in this room. So, yeah, yeah we really yeah, are. That's actually. why Chris said, "That's if why we can't I make I've, it here. We can't make it anywhere." That's why I've just been staring at the lamp right there for most of the time, <laughs> trying to pretend you All guys right. aren't here. All right, so. So um, Ray and Kylo are communicating, and uh, I think it's at this. I think it's at this. At now, this now I am protesting at this no, point. Go on, go on. I'm sorry. 
Um, is it at this point that Kylo lets Ray know, and it kind of opens the door about what this whole mm. deal is with? Uh, he's like, I know who your parents are. Remember that thing I told you before? He That's teases her with that information. Yeah, very early on, and then starts to reveal more mm-hmm. when she's in his lair on yeah. board the Star Destroyer while he's right. down on the planet. But he says, I, I know you wanted to take my hand. Yes. You wanted to take my hand, and she won't admit it. She, she well, does she later. I wanted to take Ben's hand. Yeah, but that was at the end. Yes. Yeah, that was at the end. So she she's still playing hard to get here, but there's this there's this uh there's this thing going on. Yes. Right? Yes. There's a little bit of this this dance. There's there's a tension. Yes. And Kylo's kind of playing it um of course no villain ever sees themselves as evil, but in Kylo's case it's almost like uh you get the sense that he feels that there's really no choice. That that the two of them are destined to come together in some fashion. Why destroy each other? Why not come together and, you know, uh, sit on the throne as mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Galaxy? Yes. Right? Yes. That would be uh, a tempting proposal, I think. Right. For a scavenger from nowhere, you know. You would think. You and would think. and then, you know, she gets further tempted, obviously, by learning of her lineage. Yeah. And she starts recognizing the fact that, you know, maybe her fate has been predetermined. Yeah. But I'm jumping too far ahead. You are. Yes, All right. I So am. now we're going to go to our uh, peanut gallery. What happens next? Oh, well, I, I can probably answer that. So they're, they're battling on Pisana, mm-hmm. right? Um, we do get introduced to Billy D as Lando. Who uh, is oh, hanging out. Great reveal. Great reveal. Fantastic reveal. You knew right away. It was someone under there, someone of significance. Who could it yeah. be? So they were, he was masked. Yes. He, he, he shot a stormtrooper through the eye with he an did. arrow. Yes. Oh, that was excellent. He pulled a Mo Green. <laughs> that was Mo Green. Someone pulled an arrow through his eye. That was good stuff. Yeah. And his ride, <laughs> his ride is the tread of a Jawa sandcrawler without the sandcrawler. So yeah. uh, that's a that's a low rider right there. You know, for the Billy thing D. about uh, Lando in this movie is you never are told like what the hell Lando is doing at this time. You never find out like well he went back and he you know now he he's running Cloud City again or yeah. he's a he's a he's a, oh, he's a right. pirate uh, he's a spice. Well, you do find out that that Poe Dameron was a spice runner. Yes. Yes. Right. Which is cool. So he has a background in the underworld. Yep. Yeah. Again, another connection to very Han Solo. Han Solo yep. of this. He is the Han Solo of this especially trilogy. of this film. Yeah. Um, He's a hothead. Yes. He has a reputation as a hothead. But here, you know, so- but at least no one's slapping him in the face, demoting him, or yelling at him. Well, this or emasculating I, him. This is what I loved about this with purple movie hair. Was that, that this was? <laughs> Sorry. This yeah. movie was was about. You know, heroes doing heroic things. Yes, throughout the whole time, it was it, w- it wasn't about people being slapped around, put in their place, checks and balances, this and that, bureaucratic nonsense, uh, chain of command, any of that. This was everybody was pitching in and working towards the same the same goal. Yes, and there was none of that 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 BS that I found honestly in. Last Jedi. Well, and, 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 well, it connects so strongly with Last the Jedi, the greatest Star Wars film of all time. 
That's what we oh think in gosh. Toronto, eh? <laughs> but listen, and I love Toronto. It's a great city. But um, but um, the 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 um, message that I think this movie puts across is something that I think is consistent with the entire saga. Is uh, George always said it was a story about families? It's, yeah. it's family. It's family, and so that's the resonating thing that you get after seeing this movie is. And, and JJ himself said it out on the interview circuit promoting this, where it's like it, it's it, it's a message about family, but the message is it doesn't necessarily have to be your blood family. It's the people who really mean the most to you. That's yeah. your family, right? Right. And I get that from this whole movie, especially. The, the 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 tug and war that was going on between Palpatine and Ray later in the film when Palpatine says, I am your only family. We know how important reconnecting with her family was to Ray. Yeah. For the longest time it was her top priority. Right. And finding out that Palpatine is her only family around, then she I think came to reassess all of that. And yeah, remember understand. when Ryan Johnson, I, you know, sorry to keep going back, but I mean, it is the big pink elephant in the room. But remember what, oh, we got a hand up. Did anyone guess? Did anyone guess? Yeah, I actually, uh, I guessed this a long time ago. Jason and I were having coffee just right across the way there one time at Starbucks when I went into a very deep Ray is Palpatine, Palpatine lineage long ago. I mean, this is like a year and before year and a half the ago. Leaks, guys. Yeah, way before. He so was yeah. on this. Yeah. I agreed with you once. I am done. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we'll have to review your uh, predictions from back then, uh, Cleveland Chris. They, they were hard to... Um, um, digest yeah, for sure. when you first initially brought him up, but it'd be really interesting to go back and hear all of that stuff you were saying before. I just felt like you were tying too much expanded universe stuff. Well, that's what he does. He's a, he's he's a big EU guy. But there were vibes of Dark Empire resonating in this movie, weren't there? Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and that's uh, you know one of the granddaddies of expanded universe. You know, going back to the earliest stages of what eventually turned into a Star Wars revival uh-huh. was the early 90s and Dark Horse Comics acquiring the now, comic now, license. Now, does that have the, did that have the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the fleet out there in waiting? He had a fleet of some sort, right? He had this, he had the, this, the Star Destroyer with the planet-destroying abilities. Mm-hmm. I believe was part of Dark Empire. Mm-hmm. They had that big Star Destroyer that had that 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 laser cannon in the front of it. Yeah, but just vibes, you know, a lot of vibes. Yeah, a, a lot of just general vibes. Yeah, Palpatine kept alive with that thing plugged into his skull and in the the strobe lighting on him, where he had a different expression every time, and the dead eyes, the zombie. Is that eyes. what was supposed to throw me into seizures? Yeah, that was it. It was the that Palpatine. Was that was the Palpatine. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I I love the milky eyes in Palpatine. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. so good, like yeah. a dead fish, a phantom Palpatine. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've got um, the let's, let's, we talked about Billy D or Lando. Uh, by the way, he doesn't really miss a beat. Um, what, what's his one line about uh, Leia? And tell her I love her. Yeah, something, something like that. I don't. Yeah. 
It's something. He like, really leans into that line. Yeah, well, you know, he always laid it on thick with her. You think back to their introduction to Cloud City. I tried City. many times to love her. Hello, what have we here? Yeah, you know, right. I mean, it yeah. all goes back to that. It's, right. he's, it's the right. same but he's emotion, great. just comes from and a more I, familiar I, place and I like now. The, and I like the hair piece. Yeah, yeah, this, he, he was looking very good. Yeah. Billy yeah. D looked great in this movie. Thanks to his uh, personal trainer, Gunner. Gunner, yeah, Gunner was there <laughs> on the set with me every day. But it was just—it was just great to see him. It was, and it, and it was—he was the connective tissue yep. we really needed to. Um, you know, we learned some of the backstory, things that were happening um, off camera. He was involved oh, in missions with things. Luke. Going on investigative missions with Luke Skywalker yeah. to try to track down Palpatine, and yeah. So we, we, one of the kind of uh, undercurrents of this is that we we realize that Luke may have been aware that Palpatine had survived, yes, and he was writing in these journals, these books that um, were re- retrieved by Yoda that ended up in Ray's possession. How do we know Yoda retrieved? Oh, oh, Yoda retrieved the books. Wait, no, 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 no. Yoda didn't retrieve the books. He, Ray took the books. Didn't they just split. appear? She no. took the books. No, Yoda. I know he's to, dead. Yoda, God. Was, Yoda summoned lightning down to light the tree, the tree on fire and burn the books, but. The books had already been taken. She had already Ray. taken right. the books. I've only seen her. that movie like one and a half times. Is that so are you for serious? You've only seen. Yeah, Sheldon loves it. It's this. It's, it's the best. It, movie. I've seen it. A, I just a solid I, dozen Now that's times, one I really always fall asleep uh, during. Okay, but we're not necessarily talking about that. We're just correcting. You got to bring it up because you don't stay awake. But you got to bring it up. Well, okay, because it's relevant to this film. It is right. It is. So but let's keep the facts so straight. Got, then, if so we're going to reference the journal. She's got the journal that Luke left behind. So we're led to believe in The Last Jedi that all Luke was doing there was just staying there until he died. He was there to die. He wasn't doing anything interesting. Oh, he left out the part that he was trying to track down the uh, rumors that the uh, emperor of the universe still existed. Right. And was uh, (laughs) exerting, you know. What was remaining of his power upon the galaxy, potentially, laying in wait. They left that part out. And I think Lando was working with Luke was, on this. He was working with Luke on this. But I think they were part of a crew. And I think Lord Santeca was also part of that crew. Because Lord does not you get have referenced. Nothing. Wait a minute. Hold on. If we're talk, look, if you're going to talk to me about keeping the facts straight, let's keep the facts straight. There's no mention of Laura Santeca. This right. is all Jimmy Mack headcanon. No, that's, that's right. I know. I'm just trying to fill in the blanks um, because I think that Lore was also part of Luke's exploration into the galaxy, looking for Palpatine or whatever sort of Jedi knowledge yeah. they were in search of. I think Laura Santeca was part of that. So just, yes, in my own headcanon, I imagine a crew of Luke Skywalker, Lando Calrissian, and Laura Santeca, and maybe others that will you know get revealed to us along the way. I could be wrong, but I, I just think that that's a, a, a cool place to put the backstory. I like that. I like that. On the Falcon, maybe. No, no. It couldn't, no, be, it couldn't it have been couldn't the Falcon. Be, the Falcon was Because Han owned the Falcon and then right. lost it. Right. And then, yes. Because he was such a deadbeat. 
If I can, I need to jump in here just for a second because I want everyone to know we have heard from our friends at Bose, and they've let us know that we are going to have a pair of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Bose Quiet Comfort 35 Wireless Headphones 2 available to give away to one lucky listener who will be attending RFR Live Skywalker Rises in Ohio this Friday. That's right. We are going to have a pair of these limited edition Star Wars Bose headphones that we will be able to give away to one lucky listener. I am so excited about this. Star Wars and Bose have come together to celebrate Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And their headphones are really amazing. I use them. Swank uses them. And we want you to use them. These Rise of Skywalker Quiet Comfort 35 wireless headphones come in these incredible box that it looks like Kylo Ren's helmet, but there are two doors that separate the center of the mask, and you open them up, and inside you see this poster art featuring Ray locked in a saber duel with Kylo Ren, and the headphones are right in the middle there. Just calling to you. Put me on. And you want to do that. These headphones are augmented reality enabled, which means they have these little motion sensors that are planted inside the headphones themselves. And they can tell which direction your head and body is moving in while you're wearing them. And you want to wear them because it's the only way you can access an incredible 360-degree Star Wars 3D audio experience which you can only access via the official Star Wars app. Star Wars and Bose coming together. You open up the app and you'll see right there, it says Bose. You click on that and it takes you on an audio journey that completely surrounds you, that follows the journey of the lightsaber that we will see Rey using in The Rise of Skywalker. It's the very lightsaber Rey holds as she battles Kylo Ren. And you'll follow the journey of this lightsaber from Anakin Skywalker to Luke Skywalker, finally to Rey. The place you want to go is Bose.com slash Rebel Force to learn more and get yourself a pair of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Quiet Comfort 35 wireless headphones. Visit Bose.com slash Rebel Force. That's Bose.com slash Rebel Force. So Chris, what? Chris is raising oh, his hand. Yes. Oh, he's coming over here. Okay. By the way, he has a chalice of so, Yoda. So isn't Yoda. part of the beauty of this whole story, the fact is that what Luke did that pissed us all off in The Last Jedi, Ray was doing at the end of this movie, and then that was corrected? Oh. Well, okay, we're jumping toward the end. I, I know we're jumping towards that, but if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. What, about the end? Oh, because we're not there yet. Because the whole thing is like Luke... The whole, the whole fear, the whole everything running away from it. He exiled himself, and mm-hmm. then Ray, she takes the bad guy ship back, burns it down to the ground. Yeah, she's going to exile herself. Yeah, right. She has this. Yeah, she has the same breakdown. And it takes Luke to come back to fix it. Right. She has the same breakdown as Luke. Okay. Yeah. Well, essentially. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Total uh, disaster. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. That, that, that is absolutely the case. Um, and and Luke appears then to tell Ray, 
that uh, how wrong Ryan Johnson was. No, and he didn't. He say does. That. He does. He says. He says he was wrong. He was wrong. Yeah. He was yeah. wrong. He was wrong. He, he's, he's an egghead. He doesn't know no, what he's talking about. No, he didn't about. say yeah. any of oh, that. Oh, all right. He didn't say that. But he but still, was, he says I was wrong. But and okay. by I, I mean Ryan Johnson. So. He didn't even know Star Wars. Let's get back on track with trying right. to break down the way the story unfolded. All right. Because we jumped all the way over to Octu, and I think you know, yeah. we'll get there. Right. So we're okay. We've le- have we left Pisano yet? They they fly now. They oh, fly now they fly now. They fly now. We see so, we see that happen. Yes. All right, and then that's when we get that big curveball thrown at us, where we think that Chewie's dead. We think Chewie's dead. Yeah, and yes. not only is Chewie dead, but may have been caused by Ray and this force lightning that bursts mm-hmm. from her hand. She's playing <laughs> tug of war. But I mean, it's the trailer's almost... ruined it. Wait a minute, get over here. Of course, they ruin it because uh, we see Chewie with Poe and Finn going through. Yep, the rescue mission. So yeah, we know he's not gone. No, no. Exactly. Trailers do okay. have. Yeah, is Sheldon wearing so. a shower curtain? When was the last time that happened outside of Rogue One? Or I mean, a shower, a, 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 a shower cap. Stay on target. So oh, I can't when we got a bald guy wearing a shower cap. So that's fine. We get faked out by the chewy death, but that yes. does that fake out does not last very long. I mean, really, within a handful of minutes, it's confirmed. long enough. And I was sitting next to you. You you bought it. Well, I didn't you like. It. I thought they were going to blast goes, chewy. Oh no! Yeah, well, you know, Literally. I was I, well, I was I was very into the movie, but um, it, it, when they marched chewy out there. I thought they were just going to blast him right there. Yeah, I did too. And right in so front of us. I was uh, I I think my oh no was more like oh no. But then the he was involved in that ship crashing and I right. said then I said oh no. So so but Ray and Kylo in a, in, a, in a struggle of uh, tug of war, forced tug of war. Yeah, that was pretty And then and Ray gets really pissed and Jeez. that's when the force lightning comes out mm-hmm. and it causes the the ship to explode. And it's also just her in- impulsive reaction to recognizing Kylo Ren is out there approaching in his TIE fighter. She leaves there. They have a getaway ship right there. Right. They could have just taken off and gotten out of there. But no, she she acted on an impulse, much like Luke did when he left Dagobah to go save his friends in Cloud City. She went out there to go take on Kylo Ren head on. She's doing that throughout this movie. Every yes. chance she gets to confront Kylo Ren, she takes. But by doing so, Chewbacca gets concerned, leaves the ship. Then Finn runs out there. And by that point, he sees Chewie has been apprehended. And that is Ray's fault because mm-hmm. she was acting impulsively when they could have easily gotten away. Because Poe had fired up the jets on that ship and mm-hmm. they were ready to leave at that moment. And how odd it was the same ship that Ray saw in the Force back in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah, which is – did anybody catch that guy's name? The guy that was the Ochi, Jedi hunter? Ochi. 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 Yeah, so she's following the Ochi Min Trail to find the uh... – He'd been waiting all night for that joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, follow the Ochi Min Trail. 
to discover where Palpatine is. Yes. Right? Because apparently this Jedi hunter was also on Palpatine's trail. Yes. And Luke was trying to pick up his trail. See that part. Lead him to Palpatine. I got to see the movie again. I know. I agree. That's a, All right. Anybody that, else? That, that gets, there's a lot of detail at that moment. And I almost require right, Chris to see the closed captioning. I wish Did, I could uh, see it that way. You guys thing uh, with that uh, snake creature in ah. the basilisk. The basilisk, as what we saw in the Clone Wars uh, season six, the Yoda Chronicles, where he went and he said, "I am the Sith." And oh, the snake that talks. Oh, remember that talking <laughs> snake. No, but that snake that I talked was, was in the Night Sisters <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> Played oh, a not, game of musical oh, chairs yes. here. We uh, only have one sofa <laughs> and a bed. So you guys get, go ahead and get comfortable. Okay. Um, I think Chase oh, Norton Chase. has something he wants to Chase. say. He wants to interject. I something to say about the Ray scene with the lightning. It's the first time we've really seen her struggle with something. But yes. It's her fault, right? And it kind of explain. It gives some explanation for all her crazy force power she has in the movie. But it also gives her her real first challenge right and the consequences of her actions so i thought that was interesting especially the people who critiqued ray not really dealing with a lot of stuff through seven and eight well for starters i'm glad you brought that up because Mm -hmm. we're talking about that tug of war with the ships and we completely ignored the fact that she displayed mastery of sith lightning at that moment which clearly indicates that she was tapping into the dark side so we see her not only tempted by the dark side, but now she's actually well, when you actively say, tapping I think it's important, it. though, to draw a distinction. When you say that she is, uh, is uh, dipping into the dark side, tapping into the dark side, you, you kind of you, you create a, a perception that, we, that there's intent there. I think she's doing it on complete accident, on instinct. I don't think she knows what she's doing. She has no idea. Okay. She's surprised. When that lightning shoots out of her hand, she looks like the, 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 she has the same expression on her face as if lightning shot out of your hand. But see, when you you know employ discipline using the force, what you're doing is you're reaching out with your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And that sounds that's the weirdest thing sometimes when you really think hard about it. Reach out with your feelings. So it's like, well, I feel pretty good, so I'm just going to kind of Put that out there, and that's tapping into the light sign. I think when you're angry and you're afraid, then you tap into something else, and then that's what produces usage of the dark side. And mm-hmm. the Sith lightning is clearly tapping into the dark side. So that's what Ray was doing at that moment. I think you're dead on because she was – more or less in control and calm. And then when she got really yeah. pissed, that's when the lightning popped out of her hand and she was. Yeah, she lost control. Yes. She loses control and that's when the lightning goes off. Yes. Uh huh. So we see a ray being challenged now, not necessarily by the events happening or the people around her, but she's being challenged by the force itself. Right. And how she relates to it and uh, connects to it. And so. The vision of Dark Ray that actually comes from a place that's real because she is opening herself up to the dark side, even right. if she doesn't necessarily realize it. Right. And now here's a here's a rare instance where this does harken back to episode eight, which is when she is drawn to the dark side immediately. Luke says, You didn't even yes. you didn't even question it, you didn't even stop, you didn't you didn't pass go. You just went right there to 
the darkness. Yeah, that's but that's just something goes. Luke sensed. Now we're actually seeing now we're seeing it right. Legitimate confirmation right. that that's exactly what's going on right. here. And we also have Luke saying in eight that uh, he he had only seen this type of power in one other, and that didn't work out so well. The one other being Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. who's referring to right Ray. Um, right, and there's so many parallels between those two characters. Right, only makes so, sense. So many parallels that they form a what force dyad. Yeah, that's a new. That's a yes, dyad. 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 Yeah. Does anyone have a phone they can look up and see what the definition of dyad is? I think it means like two things that are connected together that form a greater energy. (laughs) Two ads. Dyads. Unad versus dyad. Or gonad. You know, that's that's the type of stuff that gets revealed with Palpatine and the things that he's talking about. Uh, D-Y-A-D, I believe is how you spell it. Yeah. Pablo. So they, so they, so they form a, uh, a, a dyad. What? Oh, you're going to hand it to me. What I will, is, what I will read it. Here? Dyad, something that consists of two elements or parts. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah. Kinda, you know. That is a perfect word for this it explains nothing <laughs> therefore we can't False get in trouble dyad. with this it just sounds yeah. good for a dark side guy uh, no, dyad. no i'm good thank it you it has the hard d's in it that dyad yeah. dark side dyad um, that works that's good dialogue all right what happens Change. next okay so okay chewy is on board and they have to rescue chewy now now they yep. have to they have to come up with the yes. scheme to rescue. Ray senses Chewie. she's looking out out. She sees the star destroyer, Kylo's star destroyer, and she senses the Chewie's up. Yes. There. So uh-huh. they go on board, and during that rescue mission, they separate because then again, Ray working off the impulses, the same yep. thing that got her out onto the desert plane to face down Kylo. Oh, she's that killer back tie fighter. Yes, she wants to, and that was a great move. It was cool to finally see that backflip come to its completion, and what happens is she slices off the solar panel off the Tie Fighter. That was terrible. It was it was not Star Warsy at all. No, that was very that Star crouching Wars-y. tiger, hidden dragon uh, style. That was awesome. Back, uh, that was awesome. Backflip. That no, was thanks. awesome. That, that 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 flies in the face of the visual language of Star Wars. Show oh, me please. another. Show me another slow motion. Yeah, JJ has yeah. done a lot of she, stuff like that, though. That's a JJ. Well, I'm not statement. talking about JJ. I'm talking about Star Wars. Um, I thought I, it was great. But and we saw Ahsoka. We saw Ahsoka do something similar in the Clone Wars, right? In a when cartoon, she um, jumped uh, all over the. Sheldon uh, was demonstrating one. a lot of the Ray stances, which are very like Spider-Man like. <laughs> what? All right, you're saying it's a move. Well, it's the Spider-Man, or yeah, the classic superhero mm-hmm. landing. She's doing that very superhero. I, I believe they they make a joke out of that in the original Deadpool movie, where they're like, "Stick to the superhero landing," you know. Remember that? That's what you guys are talking about. So mm-hmm. we see a little of that from Ray. Okay, whatever. You know, she is a superhero. Right. Ray Ray is a superhero. So um, Jason doesn't like her cutting off the solar panel. I thought it was bitching. And um, I, I love the Oh, I liked her cutting off the solar panel. Looked. I just don't know why it had to be in slow motion. Like, I get it. She flipped. I don't need to see it slow down for me. I liked it. 
I liked right. it. I liked. Yeah, they got to. They got to. They got to play to the uh, Asian audience. So they separate on board the Star Destroyer, and Ray goes to again hunt down Kylo Ren or mm-hmm. hunt down something. She, she, oh, she Who wants was the. It? She wants the Force artifact, the dark. Oh, she wants the dagger. She wants the right? dagger. She wants the dagger. Yes. So she goes into Kylo's. Um, his, he sits uh, and finds it there, and then they start force timing. They start force timing and have a duel. Yeah, they force times, and and that's where I, I I love this movie. But the I I feel like the force time is such a it's so cheap. It's such a it's such a device. I mean, because it allows these characters to fight. They're not even in the same room technically. But I mean, keep in mind they have that dialogue in that moment before and, they duel, and and Kylo reveals to her. That he has the information she wants, okay, and then he insists on delivering that information personally. So but let's that's talk the about end the force time. time stuff. The force that's time isn't that all being orchestrated in Episode uh, Eight by Snoke? Yes, but Palpatine is Snoke. So. But Palpatine is Snoke. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's why they're still able to communicate even after Snoke dies, because Palpatine, again, Snoke is literally a puppet. Yes, he is. One hundred percent a puppet. He's yeah. he's a marionette. Yeah, he's a. a no, he's a most no, yeah. most likely not. Yeah, he may not even be real. Yeah, he was created in a vat. Yeah, at right. Weekend at Palpatine's. That's right, but it's weekend at Snoke's. Yeah, and yeah. I and I believe he, I got he no carried, strings to hold me down. <laughs> he was like powered by the essence of Palpatine. Right. Essentially, he was just another vehicle for Palpatine. I guess. You could almost, I mean, you could, if you went back and re-edited episode eight and just, or episode seven and eight, well, I know, because it's flawless, we wouldn't want to do that. We wouldn't want to touch that that masterpiece. But if you went back and you touched episode seven and eight and just threw Palpatine in with, all all of Snoke's dialogue makes sense if you put it through the mouthpiece of Palpatine. It all makes sense. So then Kylo comes to the Star Destroyer. They have a little bit of, a showdown in the hangar there, and then the Falcon shows up yep. because Hux is revealed as the Hux spy. Hux is the spy. You know, much like Callus part two, you know, from Rebels. Yeah, everyone yep. knew that Hux was going to flip. It's always the ginger. Is that what you said? Mm. <laughs> and it, was, it had nothing to do with any politics or idealism. It was just... He thought Kylo Ren was a dick and wanted yeah. his revenge on Kylo. That's, that's, that's right. All that it came down to. Very simple, very straightforward. Well once, well, once Snoke was out of the way, Hux was like, well, all right, now this guy's. Yeah, he yes, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in The Last yeah. Jedi. That he was true. ready to shoot him right that on the That is true, because there, yeah. he was ambitious, and he wanted to be the supreme rule. Right. But he can't compete with a guy who's strong in the force like Kylo Ren. So, um... So they they're on the Star Destroyer, and they're about to be executed. Finn, Poe, and uh, who else? And, and Chewie. Yes. They're all about to be executed, and then um, Hux finds a way to. He reveals. He yeah, says he wants uh, to do it. Takes a blast. I'm the spy. He says subtly. I'm the spy. It was all me. It was my idea. It was <laughs> yeah, all. Right. It was but a Hux he asks, idea. He a asks, Hux exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. He asks Finn to shoot him in the arm so that it yeah. looks like he, uh, you know, had some sort of uh, a battle, yes. you know, where these guys escaped. 
Yes. Uh, and, and Finn just shoots him in the leg. And in he's the like, leg. What? He was Finch aiming for the great. sack. Yeah. <laughs> but Hucks, Hucks moved at the last second to yeah. the leg. There's no debate whether or not uh, Finn shot first. It's clear he shot first. Boom. Right in the leg, he goes down and he says, why are you helping us? Why are you doing this? And he goes, I don't care if you win or lose. <laughs> I, just, I just need Kylo Ren to lose. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's, yeah. He's, yeah, it's like, oh, this is so high school. But, you know, hey, grudges, grudges yeah, most in people, the first order. A lot of people don't grow out of that. You don't grow Those same out of that, things that yeah. they do in a high school. All right, so they escape, <laughs> right? You guys oh. Big... oh, what did we miss? Cleveland Chris, Cleveland we missed Chris. something. So you guys missed the setup on how they got on the Star Destroyer. Remember they went to the planet Kojimi? Where they met Sori Bliss. Oh, of course, Batman yes. Frick, and they had the that was three. a that was a pivotal moment in that movie. But did no? But that, didn't that happen after they acquired the dagger? And no, didn't they? Had, no, because remember it was prior to the dagger. But isn't the dagger imprinted because they had acquired it and he looked at it? Looked, well, that's what I mean. They needed to go to Kajimi to use Babu Frick to rewire C three PO to read the imprint of the dagger because they didn't have a dagger. But that, so that happened after the Star Destroyer. No, 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 before. Well, when did they acquire the dagger then? So on the planet. On the planet. So they were on Pasana. They. They didn't actually get the dagger. Kylo, the Knights of Ren took the dagger. That's why it was in Kylo's chamber, right? Right. So they, they use C-3PO's memory banks because he goes, oh, I, I actually have imprinted this, but I can't read it. So they're like, dude, we got to hack into C-3PO. So then they're like, oh, we're going to go to Kajim. By the way, I'm sorry. I just want to pause. There's a law in the New Republic that prohibits a droid from translating the language of the Sith. That's right. You made that clear. So 3PO, even if he wanted to... Would not be able to reveal what the what the dagger said. But refresh my memory mm-hmm. again. Yeah. When did they Ray acquire the dagger? Ray got the dagger after C three PO was hacked into. She got the dagger separately from all that. Then how did C three PO see the dagger and download the information? No, they, from they it? had the dagger. Ray originally had the dagger when they went through those sand pits. They were in. The That's tunnels. what I'm asking you. Yeah. How did she get the dagger? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. How did Chewie get it? Chewie had it in it. Chewie had it in his sack. Yeah, Chewie has the big knife and in his sack. Where did Chewie get it from? How did Ray get the Sith dagger? What pit? Okay, the snake pit. We missed. We missed that part. We missed the yes. Okay, that's what so Chris has been trying to say. Thank you, Chris. All right, so they found. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, they, they have the Indiana Jones moment. They went into moment. the quicksand and they came in. The, they were in the caverns. Yeah. And the caverns were Ochi's yeah, lair, right. and BB-8 was able to see the buried dagger. They retrieved the dagger. You know what? You're, you're so right. I missed that whole part. Okay, so I was under We've only seen it once, Chris. Well, I mean, just there was so, so much happening in right. this movie. So no, much no happening. Pad. There was enough happening for two movies in this very movie. Right. So, And you're like yes. twice Chris's age. Oh, easily, easily, uh, easily. Hey, listen, I am Baby Yoda's age, guys, okay? So you guys can all suck it. That's right. I, I have the youth 
of a baby Yoda. <clears throat> yes. All right. Okay. Back to episode nine. Um, they go through the quicksand. They end up in the caverns. Yes. And that and and, and they and, and they come upon the remains of Ochi. And that that was on Kajimi. That was on that was Zori on Bliss's. Oh, that was on Pisana. They travel. Yeah. But we. By the way, we learned that Poe has a phobia against skeletons. Yeah, Indiana Jones style bones. Yeah. Oh. He's like, oh, I don't like bones. All that bones. stuff. Why do they have to be bones? Good. I'm glad we're replaying all of yeah. this because that you're right. We missed that whole part. And so Ray has the dagger when she's on board the Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah she does. She sees the Star Destroyer from Kajimi. Right. Why does she carry the dagger with her onto the Star Destroyer? She doesn't. She doesn't at all. The the so when Chewie gets captured by the Knights of Ren. And, and they go. He has the yeah, and in, in his in his satchel, right? So oh, then, and Kylo took, took Chewie's bandolier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh my okay. God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why you see. That's why you see Ray sneaking around uh, Kylo's uh, bedroom. Yes. Well, actually, his Thessonian, and and he sees the bandolier. She sees the bandolier there. She sees the Vader helmet. the Vader helmet. She sees the the dagger. So she. She gets the dagger, the dagger and wayfinders, and oh my! Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> we haven't even gotten yeah. Daggers and wayfinders, oh my! Sorry. So what's next? <laughs> so okay, so Kajimi, Star Destroyer, yes, rescue Chewie. Uh, they rescue Ray from the hangar on the Falcon. Mm-hmm. She jumps on board the ramp. Off they go. Gone. Gone because Hux led them to the Falcon and all mm-hmm. that. He's instantly found out, and um, they're Admiral off to Pride shoots Hux. Yes, takes him. We out. found our spy. Full blood. How yes. He, how did he know? I didn't just because he's a brilliant military mind and sees right through Hux's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I just swore. I'm sorry. What is that? Okay, I just want to look at the the time code. The time code. <laughs> yeah. Well, he 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 definitely understands that. Uh, you know, Hux's alibi is pretty poor. You know, he's got that. He's got that gunshot to the leg. Yes, and uh, and you know, and he's a ginger. And oh, usually, yeah. Yeah. ginger hate. Yeah, in a galaxy far, no, far away. They just, you know, I don't hate them or anything. They just don't have souls. Uh, my, my son is a ginger. Thank you very that. much. I know that. Thank you very much. My, so, my child. So sensitive. Oh, your baby seat, Yoda. The seed of my loins. Get away from me. Oh, Sheldon's like the carpet yeah. matches the drapes. <laughs> and he's got no drapes. Okay, so let's get back to this. You guys, this is evolving. How do you lose all that hair on your head, but not anywhere else? Yes, yeah, so it, he was going to show us where else God he has hair. a sense of humor, clearly. Let's get back to sheathe your lightsaber, sir. <laughs> sheathe? sheathe? Is that a word? Oh, thank God they didn't call him Sheave in this movie. <laughs> I am Sheave Palpatine. Oh, you got to be kidding Now, that would have been... Uh, sheave. They all start laughing at That would have been pandering. <laughs> right sheave. Sheave. Bring it in the sheave. sheaves. All right. Slip in between the sheaves. <laughs> the sheets with sheave. There was, you know, there was probably more Palpatine dialogue in this movie than there was in any other Star Wars movie. Now, I'm not talking about Chancellor. I'm talking about, like, like, yeah, he was. 
He yeah, he just lets it all. I made Snoke. He just goes from there and kind of narrates the whole thing almost. Yeah, yeah. He's he. Well, no, I mean he does. He tells you enough. He tells you what you need to know. He moves the story along right away from the very beginning, in my opinion. He's kind of the narrator of this thing in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. The story of the Sith, or what what was he saying? The end of the story of Skywalker. Really looking forward to getting familiar with this movie, let me tell you. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack. Having this initial imprint of it is is bringing out a lot of uh, thrills. So getting to know this movie is going to be a lot of fun. All right. So they lose they uh they lose the dagger, right? They lose the dagger. So where is the dagger? Well, when they Yeah, where is the dagger they when they get lose it back? It? When she gets the bandolier, she gives it to 3PO and he takes That's it. That's right. And then he says, "Oh, it's a Sith language and I can't repeat it." That's when all that happens. Now right. we're caught up. And he's a jerk. Yes. He's a jerk. Yes, yes. And then, so then they have to go. Then Poe says, I know where we can go take 3PO to get reprogrammed. No, because the only way they got on the Star Destroyer. So that whole Kajimi scene got set up because Zori Bliss gave him the coin that gave them entry to get on the Star Destroyer. So the dagger is just gone. I mean, no, Ray has it. Ray has it. Hang on. Ray grabs it from the Star Destroyer and she uses it eventually to look at the Death Star remnants when she pulls out that little, like, you know, that whatever that protractor thing yeah, is. The, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So she has it. So Ray now has it on the Falcon. The Falcon is now, uh, what, Dakar or wherever they're at, Yavin. They go back to, they have all those Leia scenes at the base. That's where we're at right now. Was that, was, that, was that planet ever identified? No. That, where the, the no. resistance base was? I looked was? into it. I couldn't even find yeah, anything. Yeah, right, there. right. The, it's a jungle the, planet. It's a jungle. They yeah. prefer the jungle planets. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of places we can hide, but do you have anything in the jungle planet variety? We, yeah. We'd love to hang. The, yeah, we, been, we tried the, the snow once, and it sucked. Yeah, it Believe blew. Me. You or know, monsters and, and shit. You get cracked knuckles stuff. and stuff. It's... It's it's better on my skin if we find a jungle hideout. Okay, yeah. oh, I happen to know one. It's just like Yavin. It's just like Dakar. But, but it's not. But it's not. It's not those. But it's a jungle planet for sure. Yeah. Are you sure it's jungle, right? I mean, you know, rainforest, right? We're talking the same thing. It's the same milieu. It's like, yes, that's what Snap Wexley was doing. Was, right. He was looking for, that's why he wasn't in The Last Jedi, is because he was looking specifically for a jungle planet. That's right. To hide out in. And he finds it and, and that's where we and it. that's where we are. So yes. the Oh, wait a minute. This looks like it's a more interesting I noticed in the background of one of the wide shots, yeah, you would see like I I could swear I saw Jeff Probst and a tribe wearing purple bandanas around their their heads. They were yeah, and it looked like they were ready to do a a physical challenge. It was physical challenge. Yes, or they were going to go to uh, tribal council. Is that a survivor reference? That's a survivor uh, reference. reference. Uh, survivor? Well, I mean, that's where they are. They're always in the jungles in Survivor, right? Yeah. Or in, in like tropical. All right. So enough. Back to the movie. Okay. Back to the movie um, where we last left Ray and her companions. Okay. So they have. Do they have the dagger? 
wrong. You were wrong. Oh, wait a minute. Cleveland wait, Chris wait, 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 was wrong. They have the dagger. They're they have on the, the Falcon. Dagger. They're on the Falcon. They got the and dagger. Remember, they, the scene after Ray jumps on the ramp, uh-huh. they go, oh, our landing gear is busted. Yes. Right. And so they are on the route to a moon of Endor, Kif Burr, or Kif whatever it is. Burr. Right? Is that Kif Burr? And okay. that's where Hannah and, and the horses and are. that's where they slide the falcon in through the mud, and they meet right. Hannah. Yep. So now we're on this Endor moon, Kef Burr. We're essentially trying to do a film commentary, having only seen this goddamn thing one time. <laughs> Whatever happened to our initial op- opinions and ideas? I like and- it this way. Really? I, yes. Because it, it helps me piece together the movie and figure it all out. Uh-huh. In a, in a, in a, in a, with, and don't we have like a, a comic adaptation or something we can go by? Where's Wikipedia? Oh, I like it better this way, piecing it together as a as a group. This is the epitome of group it's group therapy. therapy. This yeah, is therapy. Group think, yeah, right. Look at, yeah, look at this motley crew we so, assembled. They're on Kefir, and that's where they go to the ruins of the Death Star. The ruins of the Death Star. Okay, uh, clearly. Death Star 2. I think that uh, we, can, we yes. can assume that because it is in the Endor system. Yes. Um, this leads into, I think, one of the most satisfying and intense sequences in, in the whole saga, I yes. really think. This battle on this, uh, uh, this, this uh, remnant of the Death Star that's being pummeled with these waves that are stories and stories tall um, – and then, of course, leading up to, well, two things. One, the first time we actually see Ray losing a fight with Kylo Ren. Yeah, really? Yeah. He, he clearly had the upper hand. He has the upper hand. Now, here's a question. And Chris and I were talking about this earlier, so I'm going to throw it out to you, Jimmy, and, of course, the group here. Leia, according to Amaz Kanata, has to essentially give up her life to help her son. Yes, it's like the way Luke reached out to yes. Kylo. Right. The effort killed him. Now, and now the effort Here's the question. Leia. We see two things happen yeah. at this moment. One, we see Kylo gain the upper hand on Rey in the lightsaber battle, mm-hmm. and we see the appearance of Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Question. Is Leia making that happen? Is Leia making the Han Solo appear? Mm. Han Solo is not Force-sensitive. Han Solo cannot appear. Or is Leia inside Kylo's head? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's his father, but... That oh, it's for, all for okay. Chris, oh, come here. Chris A says, Chris A says he's not being manipulated. This is all happening organically out of Kylo. This is Kylo basically uh, looking at his life and going, he's gone a path. He committed to it. He said, I can't come back to it. I'm, I need your help. I sacrificed you. Mm-hmm. And the remorse from that, the patricide that came from that. He realizes he was wrong. I mean, it's just, I don't care who your parents are. They're your parents. Mm hmm. Right. But what generated that vision in the force? So moved. Was it Leia? Yeah. 
Was it like, uh, Leia brings me back and somehow I've aged five years since I've been dead. <laughs> Couldn't she brought back, you know, younger me? Like, <laughs> Moss Eisley Cantina version of me. Where's somehow, that young kid that plays me in that other movie? First, I gained weight when I was frozen in carbonite. <laughs> Nobody explained that. No now I've aged five years since I've been dead. This scene, really, though, this this Chewie looks was, younger somehow. I, well, because he I is, look, he's not played by an eighty-year-old man uh, who's terribly ill. That's ageism. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm dead. Well, the point, the Chewie, point, I'm dead. <laughs> the point being that um, Han approaches Kylo because this is the moment where Kylo. Um, he he realizes that you get a sense between that last conf- confrontation between Kylo and Ray leading into this moment that he would flip. He would turn, but he doesn't think he has a choice. He doesn't think his mother will ever accept him. He doesn't think that he has any way out. So he just has to continue down this path. And that's when his father appears to him that basically says, son, you could go home at any time. Go home now. Go be with your mother. Uh, well, don't go be with because he knows his mother's gone at this point. He senses through the force that she's yes. gone. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, but anyway, he's basically giving him forgiveness, and they 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 literally play out the episode seven scene again it, it, to the point where he even says the same dialogue. I know what I have to do, but I'm too afraid to do it, or I'm not, or, or yeah. I'm not sure I can do it. Whatever the whatever it is, and he has the the lightsaber. And he does what we hoped he was going to do in episode seven, which is just to chuck it. It's his second mm. chance, as Sheldon is saying. And he chucks it out into the ocean waves. And that's the moment that we've got. Now Ben's Kylo back. is dead and Ben is back. Ben right. Demption. Ben Demption. So it happened. So it finally yeah, happened. Yeah, please do. Um, so we, we did pass over the healing of um, Kylo. So Yes. So that, that's the foreshadowing of, um, I, I think they even explained it earlier, of um, Ray was sending her force to him to heal. So it's kind of foreshadowing of what would be coming up. That's a good one. That's a good one. And let us not forget that we as uh, Star Wars viewers just watched an episode, uh, Chapter 7 of The Mandalorian, where we see Baby Yoda exert his force healing powers. Yes. Any accident here that we rolled right from that into this? Yeah. Um, probably not. All very premeditated to say, hey, everybody, this is a, this is a force power. Accept it. This is what we're going to see. It's like and, the, uh, the, the Holy Chalice from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade almost. Right. Um, he pours it on yeah, right. Sean Connery's hairy chest and it all... The hair yes. goes away. And, and, oh, yeah. you burned off my hair. <laughs> Yo, Rich Brendo playing okay. bartender. Th- thank you, Rich, for very nice serving us libations as we yep. we appreciate it. Rap. He even brought eggnog. We uh, go through all of this. So uh, the it's fantastic. The Rye of Skywalker. The Rye of Skywalker. He made his own brew. The Rye of I, I, I have officially That's... christened. I, I, Rich Brendel is the uh, the the Friar Tuck of the um, merry band of uh, Rebel Force Radio uh, family here. He's the Friar Tuck. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. I think well, he resembles that remark. Welcome to the uh, the merry men. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord's brew. He brings to us. 
Um, the Lord's Brew. What, what's the name of it again? The, the, the Rye of Skywalker. Uh, rye Honey Beer. Rye Honey Beer. Yeah, from, home brewed. From the uh, home brewery of Rich Brendel. Wisconsin! Yeah, hey there. So, uh, okay, so now, so we're now we have redemption. Oh, um, oh but, but just to rewind on the scene a little bit, number one, Ray goes out to the uh, remains of the Death Star, crosses the treacherous uh, ocean waves, um, showing incredible nautical skill for a scavenger who grew up on a desert planet. Is there nothing she can't do, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Is there nothing Ray cannot do? So uh, the answer is no. She can she, do it all. But that is, she is all. a Palpatine. Can... But I got to say, she is fueled by this mania. She's closer than she's ever been to discovering mm-hmm. to the dark side. She's very and, driven. Very right, driven. To discovering. And, and, and uh, as close as she is to Finn, there's a moment on that, during that battle where she force pushes Finn away. And it's not necessarily right. in the I'm trying to protect you. It's more in the stay out of this. This is not your arena. This is not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. She even says to Finn at one point, she says, everyone thinks that they know me, but I don't think anyone knows me. Right. So she's feeling very alone, very isolated, her against the world. And still trying to figure it out herself. Right. But the the thing about Finn, did we ever find out the revelation that Finn, you know, Finn had something he wanted to reveal to Ray there when they were facing death, and it, did, did that ever? It's one of two things. I love you. I know. Nope. It's not necessarily I love you. It's or that I, I have force powers. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. That I have could this be feeling. It too. I've been sort of noticing yeah. something going on here. Like, uh, like yeah, I've got a tingling sensation going like, on. You when know, I'm... when the TV remote is across the room, sometimes it just kind of floats into my hand. I, I can't explain it. It's, <laughs> it's... Or when I'm cutting fruit. He can see things before they happen. It's a Jedi trait. Yeah. Now, and it's also insinuated when he meets Janna, uh, who Janna is also, along with her compatriots, former uh, stormtroopers. Yes. Yes. That they abandoned the First Order based on a, I don't know, it was like a, 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 a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a it. feeling. And they, then they realize that that is what it was. And, and that's when you start to see that maybe the thing that called to them was the force. Yeah. And they were recruited as infants. So you got to assume if they're scooping up all these children across the galaxy, you're bound to scrape up a few force sensitives. And those are the ones. Now, the question is, why was Jaina's whole garrison or battalion? They call them battalions in this movie, but is there garrisons everywhere else? Why, were, why was this whole a battalion uh, for sensitives. Just, just. <laughs> it's he was just in the like, bathroom. Uh, Sheldon says, "Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that part when he got back. I was like, yeah, she was a stormtrooper too. Yeah, yeah, she was a stormtrooper. And um, and uh, so Sheldon was. You were in the bathroom when that happened. Yeah, she's talking to Lando later, and uh, he's like." You remind me of one of my illegitimate children. <laughs> and she said, what? And he says, I am your daddy. No. <laughs> Whatever happens in Cloud City stays no, but in Cloud City. They imply City. that they're going to get their own spinoff series. Them going off in the galaxy to determine who her, uh, her, what her origin is, who her parents are. I don't know anything about my past. That's right. Let's find out. 
Interesting. The love boat. What, what could they potentially be setting up there? Um, you know, th- that that is something that was kind of left open-ended, you know, mm-hmm. Jana. And uh, is there some sort of connection between her and Lando? Man, I was glad that didn't happen because there was just too much going on. I mean, once you find out that your lead protagonist is related to the emperor of the universe, yeah. like that's I'm, I'm good on the family ties. That's enough for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, we're good yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to figure out. We got this big thing to figure out right now. You know, we're, exactly. You know, Lando and his kids. Yeah, maybe we'll save that for Disney Plus, <laughs> but uh, or minus, you know, what have you. All right, but end result of that duel with Kylo and the the Ben Demption and all of that, mm-hmm. we do le- lose. We finally general leia we lose carrie we lose general leia finally becomes one with the force so let's talk a little bit about uh carrie fisher's uh use in this movie um you know i was one of the ones that said let's recast this role because what we knew at the time was that episode seven was han's movie episode eight was luke's movie and episode nine was to be leia's movie and this was back during the colin trevorrow days we were saying look we, we we can't sacrifice story just because the actress or the actor passes away, I would I, w- I would feel that way about any of the of the main characters and the, the actors that played them. I think that it's important that they live on. Um, and so there was this very kind of um, oh Puritan way of saying, well, we're, we're, no, 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 we're going to take this this beautiful pristine footage that the gods smiled on us and gave to us and it just so happens it just fit every line of dialogue that we could have possibly imagined and we're going to just beautifully insert her she was extraordinarily manipulated uh in in this film vocally as well as 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 physically i'm not complaining i think it was really well done but i just kind of Go back and be like, yeah, but you guys were on your high horse about how this was going to be just uh, so pure in its treatment. And I, I think other than her face, uh, that's about all that exists or was used of the original footage. Well, I, I don't know about that. And I'm sure we'll find out eventually in some making of book or documentary or webisode. They're, they're not going to show us how they did that. Maybe not. I don't know. Um it's kind of interesting to see her in a scene with her daughter. It's great. I that was cool. Um, Iconics is a character that I thought was really underused in this film compared to her usage in The Last Jedi. I would have liked to actually see more of her. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Billy Lord a lot. And, of course, that connection, you know, she's Carrie Fisher's daughter. It's, it's, it's a great, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I just loved having her in the movie just mm-hmm. because of that. And like I said, because of one of the most resounding elements of this entire saga is the, the family. Mm-hmm. And um, so to have Carrie and her daughter there, that's that's really interesting. But um, it was just at the end, though, it was just like all of a sudden she just kind of turned around and like lay down, you know? Yeah, she and did. And that, that felt a little awkward to me. Did it? Yes. You had Maz there, or Maz. You had her there, and mm-hmm. she was kind of explaining, like, hey, here's what's happening here. Now she just so realized. Necessary. Yeah. But, yeah, I, that, that stuff I, I really need to take a closer look at again. Um, as it was unfolding, it was just, like, you know, hitting you on, on different levels. And so I'm waiting for that moment. I'm like, all right, here it is. We're finally going to get the death of 
Leah. We've seen the death of Han. We've seen the death of Luke. Now we're getting the death of Leah. There's the end of the big three. And so I was waiting for it to hit me, and it never really did um, until, and, and, and Chris Amram uh, will agree with me on this one, is when they informed Chewie oh, that Leah died, and he yeah. went down yeah. on his knees. And then I was just like, oh, here it is. Here it is. This? The waterworks. That's when, that's the, first when one? the welling up started. Yeah. And then eventually I think it got intense enough to where the single tear came down on my right cheek, which re- I was relieved because you were sitting to my left. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I can't let Swank see this. I kept looking over. Because he's going to tell Eric. He's looking for the, for the He's going to tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and Jimmy Mack's been going off all year. I think January of 2019 was the first time I started going, why are people always crying at Star Wars? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? But then I started reconsidering that when I saw Avengers Endgame, and it elicited an emotional response from me. Mm -hmm. But that was minor compared to the tidal wave of emotion that hit me at least on seven or eight different occasions while watching episode nine. Yeah. So I can never say anything yeah, to Chewie anyone again about having an emotional response. Chewie couldn't deal with any anymore. Yeah. Chewie it's already, fine, I think, Chewie, within the context of the film. You'd had enough. But seeing a trailer and just seeing an image of a character or a ship or whatever on a trailer, just getting a flash of an image, you know, to start crying and blubbering like a fool by seeing that when it's not in context, yeah. that I still don't understand. And I will still be a jerk about it. But I will admit <laughs> that I was very emotional watching this yeah. movie the whole way through. And I still feel it, actually. I feel like I had a good cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saying this, guys. I felt like I had a good right. cry tonight. All right, so. I'm an emotional fool. All right. Well, come over here, fool. You got to speak on a microphone. So, oh, by the way, he said he was an emotional fool. I'm right, just not yeah. randomly calling our old friend Rich Brindle a fool. Right. Our bartender. Today. Yes. Yeah. All right. Tuck. All right. Speak, fool. All right. So I'm an emotional fool when it comes to, like, movies and stuff. When it hits the feels, I don't mind showing the waterworks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I'm sitting at the Home Alone watching a movie or something, you know, it happens. What if you're Home Alone watching, watching Home Alone? alone. Yes. Last yeah. week, yes. And, and, and the, the scene with the old man and when his family yeah. finally comes at the end and they're hugging. And yeah, exactly. Waves to Kevin. It hits it, me. It hits it me. It does, yeah. So, so the old man got to me. What Probably half of the movie hit me. Like, the, the Carrie thing hit me. Um, just everything coming to an end. That part hit me. Uh, know, that was in your head, very, right? That's what they wanted you to be thinking about. Yeah, the about. very end at, on Tatooine and stuff, that was very powerful. Mm-hmm. But you know what didn't hit me was the trailers. I agree. They did not hit one emotional trigger in me at all. So, too. Nothing against Mike, Mr. Butts. Or was, is it Mike? Is it Eric. Eric. Eric, Eric mm-hmm. Butts. Um, I mean, he can cry all he wants, but... It wasn't emotional to me. Like the trailer wasn't. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, well, that's it, fair. It, yeah. And Eric Butts has about two hundred and fifty thousand hits on his little videos, and I think the top video on the RFR YouTube channel is about a solid thirty-two K. So <laughs> you know, he's he's actually you know he's doing probably, all right. He's he's representing, I think, a, a lot of the emotions people feel right, as they watch right, some of right, these right. movies, and so. 
But right. uh, okay, so um, so where are we, we in Chewie, our story? Yeah, Chewie, Chewie reacting drops to, to his the knees. death of Leia. Yeah, he had enough. We have Han returning and what having are those, that. Are those panties? What's laying underneath the? Stop! <laughs> That's the, the same thing that distracted you earlier. Pay attention here. What are you talking we, about? We're right I, in the middle I, of the I movie. I never noticed that before. What is that? It's it's a thing Sheldon was wearing. Well, it looks blue. And it looked like a pair of panties underneath the uh, hotel bed. I'm like, what kind of joint is this? All right. Oh. Can we get back to the conversation a... here about the All movie? Right. Let, all right, let's do it. Um, Chewie's wailing. So He's Chewie, upset. And then Hani's return, he had that tender moment with yep. his son. As a father yep. to two boys, amazing. I connected yeah. to that. And, the, and, the, and by the way, the whole level. hey, kid, you know? I mean, the hey, just, kid, come on. You know, off so camera. That, it, was, it was wonderful, yeah, actually. It really was incredible. Wonder, yes. What, what his, last his last words to his son was, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I that did was, not you know, catch that. Now, okay. I, I just got goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, so that was didn't uh, catch it. a very nice moment I right know. there, right? So, okay, so Kylo now, he's yep. uh, seen the light. Um, but Ray has taken off in his ship, right? She's taken his TIE fighter, and yeah. she's heading to Octu to essentially mirror what Luke was doing. She's like, I've had enough of this. Yeah, well, that's at this point, she realizes she's a Palpatine. He has that told has her been at this revealed point to that her. she's a Palpatine. She, she can't deal with this truth. She knows that she is a, perhaps a, a danger to mm. the people around her. She, she saw herself lose control with these new force powers she's out she's gonna do exactly like luke had the right idea she lands the craft she uh catches it on fire she's chucking stuff into the fire and throws the lightsaber throws the lightsaber and this was the moment when i had my emotional outburst oh Oh, with luke yeah well it was just this you know one two three you know leia han and now luke and we're getting it all right in the middle of this movie where there's a lot of atten- intense stuff happening at one mm-hmm. time, and then all of a sudden Luke's there, and he's truly four spirits, mm-hmm. and he grabs the saber mid-flight, and doesn't he say something like, "That's no way to treat a lightsaber." Yeah, no Jedi treats his weapon with such disrespect. Ah, uh, okay, and so like that, that goes back to an old rumor we heard over the summer yeah. and reported on RFR that oh yeah something like that happens. I, I was led to believe that that happened during the training sequence. Yeah. But here it is on Dakar. Or I mean, on uh, Octu, and it makes life. all the sense. It makes all the sense in the world. So, and then Luke, and that sort of redeems Luke from throwing the saber over his shoulder, right? Which completely, he says, no Jedi would ever do this. Yeah, you know, deconstructed uh, the entire right. end of right. And, and, the Force Awakens. Well, and it goes it goes beyond that because Ray confronts him with some of the logic that he was throwing on her. In episode eight, and he just looks at her and goes, yeah, I was wrong. Now, but Luke is someone who did throw his saber away in the heat of battle and believed that that was the most Jedi thing Skywalker. No, I'm talking about Return of the Jedi. Well, but that was for a completely different purpose. That was not a dereliction of duty. That was him... Uh, laying down his arms, laying, yes, laying down his arms and 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 setting his own rules in terms of what he will and won't do. Okay, yeah, it wasn't an act of protest, and Luke throwing the saber over his shoulder in the Last Jedi is an act of protest. Ray throwing the saber into the fire uh, mm-hmm. that's the Tie Fighter burning—that's an act of protest. So Luke grabs it, and they have a little chit chat. 
And he mm-hmm. sits down log. next to her just like Obi-Wan did. He sure does. When uh, he appeared to Luke. Now, does Luke just, his spirit just hang on Octu all the time? I don't think so. I Yoda think... appeared there. Well, he does. But I, I think these Jedi spirits can appear anywhere depending on who they're appearing to. I think they're more or less appearing to the... Um, to the consciousness of the individual that's experiencing it rather than the, the physical location. Yeah, you're right. And, and of course the spirits show up at the end of Tatooine. Right. At the Lars right. homestead, which uh, at that moment, you keep I keep looking at the, are we running out of space on the memory card? Fool. No, I just obsess over oh, okay. looking at the levels oh, of our right. recording uh, as we go along. It's 30 years I, of, I do uh, that yeah. comforts me. And right. You know, I, I find a lot of comfort in the, a, Chris, what have meter, we for, what have we forgotten? Meter. Anything? We're good. All right. All right. So What's okay. Next? So so she now assumes <laughs> Luke's famous X-wing. Oh, the so levitation of the X-wing. Okay. And have she we wears seen... his helmet and everything. All I right. Mean, outside of Yoda. Okay. I, I, it was just in the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. takes it off and just kind of puts it in the yeah, glove he compartment. Just puts it there. Well, a lot. He's got a little. It was yeah. No, it was fine. Well, so was she when she flew that ship for the first time. So he has the. Uh, the he, this is the first time that we see a force ghost or a force spirit exert Jedi. You know, Jedi power. And he lifts the X wing out of the water. Well, Yoda. Well, does yeah, Yoda in, did in Episode Eight. Yes, the but that doesn't bolt. count because that's a Ryan Johnson. It totally movie. counts. It counts one hundred percent. If it's, if it's Ryan it's 100% Johnson, one hundred percent canon, and it counts. It can all be a little clearly is part of sketchy about that saga. So Luke lifts the X-wing out of the water. And, you know, of course, you think of Yoda and Yoda theme. And it just shows you how far Luke has truly become in his quest to be. A Jedi. It's certainly not the first death. time in the in the score of this film, by the way, that we see the return of all these major motifs. Yeah, a lot. I of them. really loved the score. It was great, and it was not just like a greatest hits, you know, reel of retelling. They were the way that they uh, linked them all together and reorchestrated in places. I just thought it was extraordinary. Well done. Did somebody did that? somebody take a picture of the screenshots because? Yeah, we we, we'd we like need to see we that. need to know all of the Jedi voices that appeared at the end. But you know, getting into that final conflict now, you have Poe and Finn, and they're clearly running the show with mm-hmm. the Resistance. They lead them into battle um, to the planet Exegol. Right? I'm saying that right. Bre- what's it called? Brex. Brexcall? Brexit? I thought he was saying X. God, I thought Halliburton was bad. Now we got Brexit. Oh, Brexigal? Like Brexit? Like Brexit? Brexigal? That's weird. I thought he said, Welcome to Mexico when they got there. I. I didn't know. Welcome to Brexit. Uh, welcome Was to Brexit. That, so, okay. We're going we're gonna to attack that uh, starship Farage up there. So there's a lot of, of eye candy happening during this whole sequence with the, the horses riding on the hull of the Star Destroyer, I thought in context was pull you know, off I great. I like that because, we, look, we know that the Banthas were just elephants yeah. covered in... Uh, you know, some uh, some fur. Right. And the First Order is expecting speeders or, right, they said. Uh, That's speeders. right. And they're like, they're not on speeders. And you see they're just on these 
these these you know Organics. mounted steeds, and so again, you can't jam them again. You can't, and so again, it's it's reflecting the thing about the primitive, yes, going up against the technological might, right. of the uh, the um, the empire, or in this case, the force first order. In Return of the Jedi, you had the Ewoks using their primitive methods to fight, and then now you see they're using primitive method to fight against this uh, technological terror. So uh, that was cool. Oh, uh, just to rewind for a second, just hearing myself say technological terror, I I flash back to episode four, Invader, and Graham off Tarkin there in the... The, the meeting room. And it, we got kind of a scene we like did. that in yeah. this yeah. movie where right. you had the First Order officers all there. and They were creepy in the way that First, or, uh, first Order officers should be in the proud tradition of the Empire. And that's when you get introduced to Pride. And Hux is there and, and mm-hmm. some other weird-looking dudes. Um, so I just thought I, I like that callback. Gets- that was to me, you know, again, just these little elements that yep. feel so Star Warsy when it happens. Seeing Kylo know- in that context. Yes. He's in yes. the Vader role. Yes, and he's back with his mask on. Mm-hmm. and one of them was, she's like, I kind of like it. You know, she's like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah that, that was kind of, that was kind of down with that. Yeah, that was, that was a little weird. That was a little weird, but it was, I, I, I didn't think it was something that took yeah, me out yeah. at the moment. Um, but that's just a little scene from earlier in the movie. Now we're at the big finale here, yep. where they're. What? How do they How do they all breathe? They're yeah, they're still within the atmosphere of that planet. Well, no, I think they were just right above the icy water there from which they they emerged from. <laughs> we're, we can't, we're, we're, listen, we're thinking grand Rich, big Rich's official here. judgment on that is... <laughs> listen, guys, guys, we'll work our way through it. Don't nitpick. Let's think about the big picture here yeah. and, and get down to that, that, that duel now. Where you have Ray confronting the Emperor. Yep. She ventures into his throne room, just like we saw Kylo do earlier in the movie. And uh, he gets lowered. I guess, does he get, like, lowered I down? by Like, there's, like, rain lifting him around and stuff. Moment. So it's it's interesting to see yeah. the, the ultimate puppet master being used as almost a puppet himself at that yeah. moment. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, all, he's hooked up to all kinds of things. Yeah, he needs all that. And then we it gets revealed that he has a stadium full of all these acolytes and worshipers. And they're all like, Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was good. It was like the Rose Bowl, and um, and so there. Uh, so she, he he basically reveals his whole plan now. Is he monologues? Use her, yeah, you know, in the, the way that great villains I will do. Tell you every um, part of my plan. <laughs> yeah, tell you and the I, audience who are completely <laughs> lost at this point. Well, old Papa Palpatine's back to put it in perspective for you. So. Wait, no, you're way off mic. Nobody hears you. So we, we have to stay focused. Please stay focused. Stay focused. Because this is the big showdown. This is where everything ends up. Yes. Um, this is big. This is big. So he wants to transfer his essence over to her when she kills him. Right. So apparently the two happen well, simultaneously. He, he really does. He's got her. She can't just leave him there. Because he's going to wreak havoc on the galaxy. Right. And she can't kill him because as soon as she does, he's going to go exorcist style right into her. 
Yes. So, but can he only transfer his presence into her once he's killed? Yeah. That's what I was like. Yeah, believe, I, th- right? I think so. Yeah. 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 For it so, to be done fully. So she pulls a fast one on him and force transfers the saber over to Ben Solo. Yeah. And then he wipes out the Knights of Ren and then joins her. And together they take on Palpatine. Palpatine dispatches Kylo Ren and sends him into the abyss. Yeah, he says, like me. Oh, yes. You will fall. Yes. Now the tables have turned. Yeah, oh. so he throws him into the, the whatever that, the cavern. Uh, it's so sweet when it's not me. <laughs> oh, I love this. Wait, 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 wait. Chris is raising his hand. Chris Maybe Hammering we forgot something. All right. You know, I'm not a very smart man in this world, but uh, right. if we're going to do the the law of two, if Ray's going to take all the Jedi behind her, doesn't mathematically that work out in her favor? You're talking about the ratio of Jedi to Sith? Because the rule of two. Sorry, Rich Bregel. But there's so a whole stadium when did, of these When did people? Star Wars become Highlander? Uh, I, I don't know Highlander. Like... I don't know Highlander, so I don't understand the connection between Highlander and Episode Nine. So explain that. Okay, so in Highlander, every Mm -hmm. time somebody is this Sean Connery, yeah, any every time somebody chops their head off, like the Immortals, when an Immortal chops the head off of another Immortal, then they absorb all the memories and all the powers of the previous Immortal. It's just. It's exactly what's going on with Star Wars now with the Jedi. All the Jedi are in Rey. All right. the Sith are in Palpatine. Everyone lives with you now. That's the end game, I guess. You absorb the past. So everything that, uh, I mean, everything affects what happens yeah. after it is basically what it's, they're saying. Some of that is, is, is metaphor. Yeah, It doesn't literally course, mean that uh, every Jedi and every Sith, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, some of it is just sort of hyperbole. Um, so, oh, oh here's, okay, um, yeah, at the Are point we then, uh, well, I guess we're almost there. Um, Palpatine then actually does extract the life essence out of Kylo and Ray, and they pass out. No. And you're you're jumping by, ahead. Am I? You're jumping when ahead. When does the Sith lightning happen? Does that happen before or after that? Hold I on. think after that. What he, am I he missing? D- he dispatches Kylo or Ben. Yes, down down the down, down right, and then he turns the Force lightning on Ray, which knocks her out. That's when she's looking up to the stars, saying, "Be with me." Right? Be with me, or. Oh, right, right. She starts tapping into, uh, and then, so that's when they all start, you start hearing all the voices. All the voices. Now I have a rundown of of all all the voices. You want to hear them? I want to hear, I'd love to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yep. Liam Neeson. Heard that one. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Mace Windu, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen. Heard that one. Okay, now we start getting into some animated Control yourself, uh, Chris. Which I don't, you know, like Ayla Secura. Okay? She never said a word in the prequels. Um, Ahsoka, Kanan Jarrus, Freddie Prince Jr., guy who hates Star Wars fans, Yoda, Frank Oz. Thank you. 
Luminara Unduli, who was kind of like one of the lamer Jedis from the Clone Wars. She was very much by-the-book Jedi who was just like, oh, well, our Padawans are dead. We're just going to leave them for dead. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we got to go save them. No, that's... Um, and Adi Gallia. <laughs> Adi Gallia. I mean, so a, a, a lot of these voices to me are just kind of... Um, I don't, I don't know or care about any of these characters when yeah. it comes to the big picture. I'll say that right now. And the voice of Adi Gallia dispensing wisdom to Ray as she's about ready to strike down the evilest of evil in the galaxy yeah. means nothing to me or the story. Because Adi Gallia means nothing to me or the story. So who cares? Why even go to the... The, the 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 you know why even bring in some of these okay Ahsoka fine I love Ahsoka but I Donnie Osmond but you know the only voices she should have been hearing at that moment Luke Leia Yoda Obi but like but all of them the whole gang you know. Is that, okay, so okay, so you're saying that it's all the Jedi ever sure. were all dispensing wisdom and guidance, and so okay, so the less obscure illustrates the fact that this is all the Jedi that ever existed pulling their power and essence into Rey, so she can take on. The, okay, fine. All right, that, that makes it much easier for me to. To to be down with, mm-hmm. you know, Kane and Jerry's talking to Ray. I mean, get out of here with that. Who cares? And again, I have a hang up about that. Cleveland Chris mixing cares. the mixing the the thing. I mean, that's that to me is is pandering. Oh, you almost. know what? We, I think we, it's pandering. I think we skipped. To a I degree. think we skipped something that I wanted to run back. We, we well, let's okay. So we made it to the death of of Palpatine and everything. So what? Let's start filling in some of the blanks here that we missed uh, along the way. There was a beautiful flashback scene of Leia and Luke in training. Leia, Leia being trained <gasps> yes, by yes, young Luke, young, young Leia, Luke, uh, brilliant. When the visor comes up and you, it reveals young Luke looked looked dead on. Um, the Leia one, I gotta say, looked just a, just a little video gamey to me, but okay. the Luke was was just startlingly perfect. But it was like, good Tarkin for the moment. Perfect. It was really good for the moment, and that re- that reveals why Leia left her Jedi training. Yep. And why? What was that reason? She again? had a Force vision. She had a vision that when she reached the end of her training, that her son would die. That her son would die at the end of her training? Um, yeah. Something with her son. And I thought it was more metaphorical than it was literal, but it was that. Well, it, you know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And she also was aware that someone in the future would take her saber. Yeah. And fight the final fight. She was so. Yeah. She, she knew was that so was going to happen. That would, that would be the case. All right. That's a little. That's a. That's kind of convenient. Yeah. In that moment, she. She. She stopped training, turned her lightsaber over to Luke, and said that she believed someday someone else would take up the sword. So she had a premonition of Rey, of Rey rising up to take her saber and 
fight the final battle, which is what happened. And which could explain the familiarity that Leia has with Ray. Because maybe she, she realizes Ray. you're the one from my vision. Oh, I've seen you. Even if she didn't yeah. physically see her, she just knows. She has the sense that you're the yes, one. Yes, yes. If you're going to talk it on mic, yeah, we, no one is hearing you over there. This is the Sheldon. video production guy, by the way. This is the video production guy. He's like, so, uh, so I, I can't no, even I'm hear just him. thinking out loud. You know how like the Luke Saber calls to her? Yep. Is that maybe why, too? There's just all of that working together. Luke's Saber oh. calls to her. Yes, and does that impact her recognition of Ray. See, that would have made more sense if it was Leia's saber right. calling to her. Yeah. We didn't even, well, well, in uh, fairness to us, we didn't even know until this film that Leia had her own Twin saber. sabers. Now, obviously, their design was very different, but it, could it be like the way the crystal is forged in the force between well, two force twins? Her saber looked very or much... offspring of the chosen one? Her saber looked very much like Obi-Wan's uh, and Luke's own in Return of the Jedi. And she had what, Sheldon? Oh, it had, it had the, uh, the, the rib on the handle, not on, like, the flash unit. Yes. Okay, yes. so Sheldon was basically um, talking about uh, differences in the two sabers. Let's talk a big picture theme here. Okay, now at the end, we've seen Rey channel every Jedi that existed before her. We saw her accept Luke's an Anakin saber as her own. Mm-hmm. Um, she fought Palpatine and destroyed his influence on the force and the dark side presence in the galaxy. Does all of this diminish the prophecy of the chosen one? I know these words were never spoken in the yeah. sequel trilogy, we were just but it's something that's that. been weighing on a lot of people. Yep. The prophecy of the chosen one, has it been unraveled? Mm-hmm. Do you think so? No, no, no. I, I so the only f- this is really for me the only way that the series could have gone to where I would have said, you know, it, it, this 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 young kid having to be the one to get rid of Palpatine once and for all that undercuts that undermines Vader slash Anakin's sacrifice. But having the stakes raised higher for Ray in terms of her. Uh, family connection, literal blood connection to Palpatine. It's the only way I buy it. The only way I buy it. And so I think that they did it very well. It couldn't have been told to this story to your satisfaction if they maintained Ray was a nobody from nowhere. Absolutely not. Who just somehow segued into the story. Right. She had to have some sort of legitimate was. bloodline connection right. to the overall story. And having her as the daughter of Palpatine is something that I'm granddaughter. still trying to... Or granddaughter, yes, you're right. Um, is something that I'm still trying to process. Um, of course, it's it's been in the leaks and rumors, and I've been hearing about this for a long time. Of course, Cleveland Chris was one of the first to speculate about it, but um, it did start showing up in some, some good leaks uh, toward the end of the summer, I guess, maybe even before that. And uh, so that's been weighing on me as we come into it. But now actually seeing it in the movie, it's it's real now. And it's mm-hmm. a real part of the story and a real part of the mythology. And it's not going to just um, sink in with me right away. Right. That revelation that Ray is a Palpatine. But it makes her inclusion in this story 
obviously make much more sense. Yes. She's suddenly a piece of the puzzle yes, that we're trying to you. put together. Not a nobody, yes. not a junker. You know, you know, Ryan Johnson liked to talk about how he would line up all of these open-ended questions and put these characters up on a board and say, okay, well, what's the worst possible thing that could happen to this character or the worst possible? I think that, that, that J.J. raised the ante. And I think that whereas Ryan Johnson stopped at the worst thing that could happen to Ray is for her to find out that she's a nobody. And I think J.J. said, no, really, the worst thing that could happen to Ray is her to find out she's related to somebody big Mm -hmm. like Palpatine. Right. And that could be her actual inheritance is, you know, his claim to the dark rule. He's offering that to her. Yeah. Yeah. The Empress. And it's a tempting offer for her, I mm-hmm. think. I, I think she is legitimately tempted by it at first. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the sudden arrival of Ben Solo. Yep. And an, another TIE fighter. Right. And a, a non-special TIE fighter. Yep. Which just shows how he is no longer Kylo Ren. Because he's just flying some regular dopey TIE fighters. Yeah, dopey. N- nothing cool about it. Yeah. Nothing cool about it. He's a, he's a, he's just a regular Le guy car. now. Um, Let TIE fighter. Yeah, right. But, um, so that's a big picture thing. And I think that's something a lot of people are going to be talking about is the prophecy of the chosen one and how Ray's involvement at the end of the story and her being the one who destroys Palpatine. Um, how does that unravel? The, the prophecy of the chosen one. I maintain it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It really doesn't. Yes, Sheldon. I did think that uh, the reveal to Ray that Palpatine is heritage um, also is an echo of Empire Strikes Back because we had no idea. Like Luke, his honorable father, the great J- Darth Vader right. is his. So very nice echo. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Ray yeah. is Luke. This I mean, is the I am your Ray father is moment. Luke. Yes, and she has her "I am your grandfather" moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Ray is Luke in in this in this and and what what this film achieved um, for me is it truly was the passing of the baton. Yeah, that we've been hearing these filmmakers talk about over and over and over again, and I never really felt it was being done. I never felt the authority of that actual notion that the baton or the lightsaber was being passed from one generation to the next. Um, At times I felt like the younger generation was just snatching that baton away. Mm -hmm. But this time I really felt, especially the part with Leia and Ray where Ray keeps referring to it as Luke's lightsaber and how she was even questioning whether she had the honor to be able to wield such a weapon knowing who it belonged to and what it was all about. After getting to know Luke, she just didn't feel like she had the integrity to be able to hold. But it, it was Leia who, you know, made it clear to her that that was it was okay. You know, mm-hmm. I think we needed that moment. Right, we needed that little moment, and it just felt like by the time we see Ray looking at the twin setting suns at the Lars Homestead, I felt I really felt like. She had earned that position. And it's something you had brought up in our mm-hmm. final show before we came into this movie. I, 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 got, I, I know 
Our last show was not exactly rah-rah. We weren't cheerleading. We weren't getting you pumped up for episode nine at all. We had a lot of stuff to get off our chest. We needed to go through all of that. I think it helped cleanse us to a certain degree to where we could walk into this movie theater I, yeah, and watch I it agree. I needed open-minded. That. I needed that. Well, a lot of people were contacting me I, saying they were they were worried for you. They They felt like you had just... It, for both of us, actually, we were both getting a lot off our chest. But I, I think that you were maybe driving the point home a little bit more. And that was just something we had to get off our chest. But I think people were bringing up some interesting things about how we uh, might know too much about how the sausage is being made. And once you see the sausage being made, you don't necessarily want to eat it anymore, no matter how delicious I mean, it might fair. look. That's and fair. so I think that we were getting down in the weeds too much with behind the scenes stuff and all of that. Yeah. And so I cherish these moments now where we can really tear apart this new edition of the mythology. But to bring it all back around full circle, I want to ask you, uh-huh. do you think now these characters were worthy of being there to wrap up the Skywalker saga? Yeah. No, I'm asking Jason. I'm not asking Chris Amorim. Okay? You are at home listening on your earbuds right now, and no one could hear you but your cat. All right. Were they, were, were they, were they worthy of being there? Well, because you had made that statement. Right, right, you did right. not think that these characters I, no, had I know. earned the right to, to, to conclude the saga. wrap up this saga. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel after seeing episode nine? I feel better. Um, were the, did they have the right to be there by themselves? Or did they earn that spot? No. Um, but were they, was it appropriate, given the fact that we had Han Solo in there, that we saw uh, Leia and Luke at the end? Yes. I knew that if they didn't go that route, if they didn't sort of let Luke, Leia, Han sort of endorse this group all in the same film, that their ascendancy was not going to be complete. But it was complete. Okay. So, it finally, at the end Couldn't of have done the it day, them. absolutely. Then the baton was then this truly was, passed yes. on. The, the baton was passed, and I would be ready for ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, honestly, or or a, or a or a Disney Plus series or something. I would. I am now ready to see more of Ray, Finn, and Poe after this film than I was after Last Jedi. Honestly, after Last Jedi, I didn't care whether I ever saw them again. Okay, Sheldon, come on up to the mic. So I felt by the end of the film, she was bearing the two lightsabers. And I thought she was moving into the homestead to live a regular life. And that was the end of it. But why have her pull out a brand new lightsaber and then say goodbye to her? Like, this, this is the end of the saga. Here's a brand new lightsaber. What? Well, it's, I think it's showing her ascendancy. And, 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 and She's her, her own person. And her progression as a Jedi. She's her own She person. was able to forge and create her own lightsaber. So it's it it shows her her progression and her commitment to the Jedi Order in in, in the fact that she has created her own lightsaber. So it it screams prequel. Well, I mean, there could be a future. I mean, they just didn't you know kill off all the characters. There's obviously a future for the characters. There's a tomorrow for the characters. The yellow lightsaber was no, I, I agree. I think set they, up as a something to promote her. 
like actually seeing her in action with that saber is what the message you were getting, right? And that very well could be. Mm-hmm. Why slam the door shut on these characters? That's been my point about yeah. the marketing and PR around this movie is why do you paint yourself in the corner? Well, it's the saga. The saga is over. And they've Kathleen Kennedy the said it's the red is carpet. Not just the Skywalkers. That, but that's true. And so I think you're going to start seeing standalone films. I think you're going to start seeing things you know like the streaming series be more of a priority as we move forward and then standalone films are not going box themselves in with these um yes. with, yes. with these trilogies these trilogies are um, you know i mean that was a thing of star wars past apparently mm-hmm. you know i mean they it, that's the method of telling stories in the trilogy right, format. Let's let Rich to jump in here because we got to wrap yeah, this Rich up. Rich Brendel. Just a real quick, just a real quick point here. Sheldon had a really good point, even though I think he misspoke it, where he said that just screams prequels, where I think he meant sequels. Correct. But he, it actually that ending does scream prequels because the prequels ended with Tatooine, and that's exactly where we ended with this with sequel trilogy too. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, that's the. It's home base. That's the Mecca, apparently. You know, I mean, that's the um, the fertile crescent of Star Wars yeah. is at Lars' family homestead. And so how do we feel about Rey now taking on the surname of Skywalker? Ooh. How do we feel about that, Sheldon? Well, I mean, she, in fact, she is not a Skywalker. So I guess it is the end of the Skywalker saga. Even if she is to take on the name, she's not actually... A blood well, some people might think that Palpatine actually created Anakin Skywalker. Exactly. So, so if, Skywalker. you know, I mean, from a certain point of view, she is related to the Skywalkers. I personally don't think um, Palpatine created Anakin Skywalker. I think Palpatine was attempting to create life and the Force had a counter reaction to his manipulation of the midichlorians. The midichlorians reacted and created the chosen one, the 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 thing right. that would essentially take him down until, you know, technology essentially kept him alive. Mm-hmm. You know, he lucked out. If he didn't have that technology keeping him alive, then, you know, he, for all, you know, attempts and purposes, Palpatine was dead. He was zombie Palpatine, right? Yeah. I think it was, it was what was, what was keeping him alive to the point where he could communicate through the vessel that was his former body is uh, some, you know, dark side energy, I guess. uh, Get on mic. They even called it dark science. Dark science. The the, the Hobbit said that it was dark science, Sith mysticism, or Sith science. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Dominic Monaghan. Yeah. Yeah. Dark science. You know, they're, they're... they catch Sith them. Science. They're plugging like, oh, some yeah, Sith, Sith ma- science. They're plugging Sith machinery into a Barbie yeah. doll and yeah. dark science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Nye, the Sith science guy, he go. goes on to explain it all for you. All right, let's wrap this up. I'm about ready to fall asleep. So, are you kidding me? I want to go see the movie again. I'm right, jacked no. up. I am jacked right, you up. Go. Right. All so, right, well, we got a big show coming at you. Skywalker Rises in Ohio, where you'll not only hear more of our take on this film, but also those that are in the uh, in in the live audience for us here at downtown Cleveland Playhouse Square. Uh, we're looking forward to it very much. So this is it. This is our unfettered, unfiltered, unbiased, unprejudiced view 
of this film just hours after seeing it. And we say that, we mean we haven't read any of the reviews, not even some of our friends' reviews have right. entered into the uh, I've muted observations all of them. that we're making. So uh, this is it. This will stand the test of time. We hope you've had a chance to see the film. If not, go out, see it now. Say it loud. Say it proud. <laughs> it's Star Wars, and it's the end of the Skywalker saga until it isn't again. <laughs> right. We'll see you in 10 years. Yeah, we'll see you. Well, actually, it won't be that long. We'll probably see you in a few hours. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mang. And remember, the Force will be with you always. That sounded about as spirited as a zombie Palpatine. Uh, his milky yeah. eyes.